us. So um, <clears throat> we're live, so I'll begin the meeting. Um, this is the Thursday, January 12th meeting of Berkeley's Zoning Adjustment Board, our first meeting of 2023. I hope it's a good one um, for everybody involved. Um, I will first read the public advisory. This meeting will be conducted exclusively through video conference and teleconference pursuant to government code section 54953E in the state declared emergency. This meeting of the Zoning Adjustments Board will be conducted exclusively through teleconference and Zoom video conference. The COVID-19 state of emergency continues to directly impact the ability of the members to meet safely in person and presents imminent risks to the health of attendees. Therefore, no physical meeting location will be available tonight. To access the meeting remotely, well, you're already accessed it if you can hear. Um, if you are joining from a PC, Mac, iPod, iPad, iPhone, or Android. Oh gosh, this is a little complicated. If you do not wish for your name to appear on the screen, you'll have, what we've learned is you have to leave, come back, and you'll have an opportunity to change your name when you come on. And you can just write anonymous if you want. Um, if you wish to speak and you're on your on a laptop or computer, um, at the bottom of the screen, you'll see a series of icons, and one of them shows a little hand. It says raise hand, and when you, when you roll your uh, mouse across it, you can click on that. There will be uh, specific times during the hearing tonight when uh, the chair will invite uh, comments from um, the public or from this uh from this panel or, or, or other attendees. Um, and when you're invited to uh, participate, please raise your hand so that we know how many people will be speaking on a given subject. And so we can recognize you. If you're calling by phone, you won't be able to click on an icon because there may not be one available. So in that case, you will have to click star nine uh, when it's your turn to speak and you'll be recognized by the chair. Please be aware that the teleconference will be recorded as all ZAD meetings are and all of the other rules of procedure and decorum that we apply and a meeting in person will apply just as well to this meeting conducted by teleconference or video conference. Um, that is pretty much the required reading uh, before we launch into preliminary matters, which begin with roll call. Okay, great, thank you. Um, when I read your name, please indicate if you are present and if you have any ex parte. Board member Trigo? Present. Uh, I have one ex parte to report on 1752 Shattuck Avenue. Uh, I received uh, a couple of emails from Doug Hauperin, um, and I believe that it was the same emails that are in your packet. Okay, thank you. Duffy? Present, no ex parte. Gaffney? Present, uh, and my only expertise is that I, I worked for Gunkel Architecture previously, but I don't work for them anymore. And so, yeah, I'm not going to be recusing myself. Thank you. You can you sorry, can you say the name of the firm one more time? I missed that. Uh, Gunkel Architecture. They're the applicant for uh, item number two. Great. 
Thank you. Thompson? Present, no ex parte. Luna Para? Present, no ex parte. Vice Chair O'Keefe? Sorry, something, something loud just happened in the next room. Uh, present and no ex parte. Chairperson Khan? Present, no ex parte. And Sanderson? Present, no ex parte. Thank you. Um, that brings us to public comment on non-agended items uh, for uh, this uh, part of the hearing tonight. We invite um, attendees to speak on items which are not on the agenda. This would be items of general interest or particular interest for the zoning board or other others who might be at this hearing tonight which not pertain to any of the specific items that we'll be reviewing this evening on consent or on the active calendar. And I see I have two hands up. So the first person whose hand up is identified as John. And John, you are recognized. And I think we have two minutes. Is that right for these comments? Samantha, think, is that right? I think it's three. Is it three? three? Okay. Yeah, not in yeah, That's right. That's right. So John, uh, this is your, your three minutes of, of glory. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, I'm not seeing anything on the video where I'm on the video, so I'm a little concerned. Um, I sent an email and I'm just losing everything. Um, I said, um, we are concerned. This is myself and my neighbor. Uh, we live at 1769 and 1771 Spruce, and we have two concerns. One is our... Uh, Are you referring to a specific project we're reviewing tonight? Yes, yes. Uh, yes, you should be speaking on non-agended items tonight. You will have an opportunity to speak on uh, on those items later. But this is not the, the proper time for, okay. for the, the item you say on Spruce. Yes, I, I, I think it's I the see. Oxford project. Okay, the Oxford project. Okay, seventy seventy three Oxford. Yes, yes, we will. We will ask for your comments uh, momentarily on seventy seventy three, uh, and you'll have an opportunity to speak. Thanks, John. Um, the other person is Kelly Hammergren. Kelly is here, and I think you're recognized, Kelly. Thank you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Okay, I don't think I'll take up all of my time, but um, Douglas Talame uh, was at um, was sponsored by the Golden Gate Audubon Society, and I believe some of you are on my email list, and I sent you the link to that, and I hope you were able to see him. But if you didn't, um, his talk is recorded and I will send you the link when the recording is um, is available. And Douglas Ptolemy spoke last night, of course, on native plants, that is his field. And he's well known across the country um, as an expert on, on native plants. And he said, um, no, no yard space is too small for us to have native plants and that we should 
uh, think about them even in pots. So I wanted to pass that on to all of you that uh, we really do need to be concerned about um, native plants and supporting biodiversity because we're at a critical point. So I wanted Thank to- you, Kelly. Yeah, and then um, Scott Wiedensall, who wrote The World on a Wing, is going to be speaking soon, um, also sponsored by the Audubon Society. And this is about bird migration. And bird migration is something we talk about with um, bird safe glass. Um, we have our resident birds and then we have our migrating birds and glass um, that doesn't have a screen or a film or, or is made bird safe with little etchings. Um, that's really a hazard for birds. And the book, The World on a Wing, is a is a wonderful book. Uh, and one by reading that book, I, I developed even more of an interest in migrating birds. And there was a little bird, a little god what that is less than 10 ounces, who flew from Alaska to Tasmania in 11 days and one hour without stopping and set a new world record. And we know about that because now we have little GPS devices that can go on these tiny birds and track them. And so there are many wonderful stories, plus uh, a lot to think about in Scott Wiedensall's book, and I'll send you that link. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks, Kelly. Um, I uh, don't see any other um, hands up for uh, general comments. As I said to the attendees, there will be an opportunity to speak on um, any and all of the uh, agenda items we have tonight, um, which um, we'll proceed with. Um, so the tonight's uh, items, um, have all they're all uh, consistent with the um, planning code and the uh, opinion of the uh, planners who prepared uh, their documents for this evening and are uh, therefore listed on the consent calendar. Um, if uh, you, anyone in the public, uh, has particular concerns about a project that um, is being heard tonight, um, I'd like you to uh, raise your hand before we vote on the consent so we can hear what those concerns might be to see if we need to pull it from the consent calendar. We're gonna handle consent in uh, three batches. And this is because of the need for some of the members of this uh, commission to recuse themselves from two of the specific items. The two items that will, um, <clears throat> all the items on consent will be considered in the first round of voting, uh, save items number three and four. So that's items one, two, five, six, seven, and eight. And if you're interested in, in speaking on any of those items, um, We'd like to hear what concerns you may have so we can see if we should pull those or not. 
And that's if you would, if you are concerned with item uh, two, the uh, 1820 San Pablo Avenue item. Um, if you're concerned about the action minutes uh, as presented, that was item one. I should have mentioned that at first. Concerned about 573 Santa Rosa, 1329 Albina Avenue, 469 Kentucky Avenue, 1752 Shattuck Avenue. If you have concerns about any of those items, uh, you will also have a chance to speak on the other two, but just not right this minute. Um, now is the time to raise your hand. I see two hands, three hands raised, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Let me repeat, this is for items one, two, five, six, seven, or eight. Okay, uh, Cynthia, uh, which item are you concerned about and what is the nature of your concern? Um, item seven, four, six, nine, Kentucky Avenue. And I have yes. concerns about the size and scope of the project, but my biggest concerns about the effect of the traffic on our street. Kentucky Avenue is a two lane. Okay, we'll, you'll have an opportunity to speak okay. when we call it uh, from consent. Thanks, Cynthia. Um, Catherine Seligman, which item and what is the concern? You're muted. You're muted, Catherine. We can't hear you. Uh, Catherine, we, we're going to need to proceed. I hope you do have a chance to speak, but you need to find a way to unmute yourself or we won't be able to hear you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and ask Elise Guskey to uh, let us, oh, Catherine, please please let us know which, which item and what's the concern. So I just spoke and I thought you heard me. I said it's item 7469 Kentucky Avenue. That will be pulled and you'll have a chance to speak on right. it. Right, and also my husband, Steve Bedrick, who is also on this same computer, also wanted to speak to that item, 469 Kentucky you Avenue. You each can, yes, you'll, that, thank you for letting us know. You'll each be given that opportunity. And I appreciate you letting me know in advance. Thank you. So you'll, you'll each receive your, your uh, I don't know if it's two minutes. Well, we'll determine how many minutes. Uh, Elise? Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, my uh, subject matter is number eight, 1752 Shattuck Avenue. And what is the concern? Um, I have three things that I want to point out um, relative to. One is uh, some documentation that was uh, put into the staff report. And then I had two other additional items, one related to social noise, uh, which my understanding is now covered under the CEQA and um, height issues, and also another subsequent building two blocks away that is not near as high as the one that's being proposed uh, at the uh, 1752. So, so, so I take from your comments, you're not in favor of the building and would like an opportunity to I, register yes. your concerns. Okay, yes. we will pull that item as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Doug, oh yeah, and Doug is, uh, I believe Catherine's um, significant other, is that right, Doug? Um, yeah, oh, yeah. No, sorry. No. Um, oh, no. Okay, sorry no, about that. No, 
I'm not. Um, I'm here also about 1752. I submitted a letter earlier today in regards to the kind of procedural issue here that you haven't fully addressed the environmental concerns and comments that had previously been. That's fine. We'll pull it and you'll have your chance to speak on that. So wait, you'll pull it. And what does that mean? That means it'll have a full public hearing and it'll take about an hour to talk about. Okay. Tonight or some other time? Okay. We're pulling it from consent, not from tonight's hearing. Got it. We're we're making it part of tonight's active public hearing by your request. Thank you. Out of respect for your request. Doug. Okay. Uh, then D. Silver. You need to unmute. Yes. Uh, there you go. Hi there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'd like to um, talk about item number eight, 1752 Shattuck, and the concerns are environmental also project. Okay. Very good. You'll have that opportunity when we hear it in public hearing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kelly Hammergren. Okay, thank you. On the first, on number two, 1820, we've reviewed this building before. um, And when I went to look at the final design as it's coming to the meeting, I know we don't have a, you know, a lot that we can change on this. I just really kind of wanted to look at what they did with that wood front, if that's completely removed, if I'm thinking of the right building. But the way this links up in um, uh, the packet that's available to the public, I get the permit page rather than usual architectural plans. Um, So it wasn't that I was going to object to the building. I was just curious with what was happening with it and how they fixed the criticism that came um, from you all last time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Rather than uh, make a a full public hearing for that project, we might ask the applicant to show us um, the, the revised facade as it's currently being proposed. Uh, let me complete these um, these uh, items, and then. Uh, but you stay, Kelly. Stay on. Uh, okay, uh, and, and then and I t- wanted to encourage bird safe features in all the buildings: dark skies with lighting pointing down, um, native plants for any planting that they're doing, and bird safe glass, bird safe features screening on the outside of windows, all of those would be much appreciated. I know you can't require it. I'd just like you to encourage it. Thank you for for raising or continuing to raise awareness of that, Kelly. Um, Very good, please uh, stay on the call. Uh, I'll call you back in um, when we're done here. Uh, Ren Ng, you are recognized. Which item uh, would you like to speak on? Uh, uh, item number seven, please. 469 Kentucky Avenue. Very good. We'll be pulling that from the uh, consent calendar, which will give you an opportunity to speak in due form. Um, is uh, Ming, Yang Ming here from Gunkel Architecture? Um, Charles, the plans were also in the staff report, and I'm I can share my screen. If you can share your screen, that would be the best. 
Gabon. Can you see that? Um, so that's the front page of the plan. Oh, and actually Nilu is on. Um, so Nilu, the particular concern that Kelly was voicing was in regards to the wood on the front, which I think uh, we requested be eliminated at um, because of, of maintenance concerns at design review. And I'm not sure if that request was met or not. I think that's Kelly's concern. Uh, can you speak to that? I think it was, and I'm trying to find the DRC, latest DRC um, elevation, front elevation to share my screen. I'll stop sharing. Sorry, one second. DRC. Because the this project went through two um, design two reviews. And I'm, I just want to make sure that I'm showing the correct one. It could be this one. Um, let me share my screen. Uh, is my screen shared? Can you see it? Oh, uh, yes. Okay, so I think this was the previous design and the applicant is actually on, um, should be on the call. They're here. Um, I, if, if we, I want to give everybody an opportunity to speak on the two items in particular that uh, they express concerns about. And, and I want to respect everyone's time here. So um, Yang Ming, I thought was here. I don't see her now. It could also be Brad. They're both going to be here. Brad Gunkel. Let's see. They're both here. I, I can promote them if you'd like. Yeah, I just like yeah. them to speak to this particular concern. If it can be addressed uh, to uh, Kelly's satisfaction, she may not need to request that it be pulled from uh, the calendar. Uh, hi, this is uh, Yao Ming from Gangko Architecture. Uh, yes, to answer Kelly's question, we changed the wood material into corrugated uh, metal. Okay, so it's no longer the wood that I have It's no longer the wood, yeah. This Great. Is, this is Brad Gunko also. We, the, the one that was just brought up was the, uh, I think the original version, two versions back. Um, mm -hmm. So the most current version was the one that was uh, before the design review committee um, second time, uh, which had no um, no natural wood. And um, we got comments from design review committee, which will be addressed when we go back to final. final review. Uh -huh. Great. And, and Kelly, of course, you'll have an opportunity to speak at the final as well, uh, if you still have concerns. I, for some reason, you're still muted. I don't know uh, why. But uh, I just wanted to be sure your concern was being met and that you didn't feel the need to request that this be pulled from calendar. If you could speak to that, Kelly, I don't know. For some reason, I'm, you seem to have trouble unmuting. I don't know what the deal I is. I did find this, the latest, just if, if you need me to show you. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Okay, great. 
All right, very good. Thank you so much. Thanks for raising that issue as a concern of mine at Design Review as well, I have to say. Um, so uh, we have a hand up. Is there anyone on this commission who would, uh, would like to, we will be pulling items seven and eight, Kentucky Avenue and Shattuck Avenue from the consent calendar and they'll become part of our public hearing. Uh, are there any other items that this committee has of those listed one, two, five, six, seven, or eight that you have concerns about that maybe staff can address now or that would require that they be pulled, that item be pulled from consent? Uh, Igor, I see your hand is up. Cecilia, I see your hand is up. I'll recognize you in turn. Igor? Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I I'd like to ask staff um, to clarify um, on the action minutes, perhaps uh, there is a different copy that I should be looking at, but the one I have doesn't actually have a vote count um, on, I think, any of the projects except for uh, item two approval of the ZAP meeting schedule. So uh, I would actually like to request that uh, the minutes be held over uh, unless there's something that I'm missing. I'm happy to uh, hear from staff on that. Yeah, so I am, thank you. Um, I'm seeing that on the first page of the action minutes, um, there's the votes um, on the consent calendar. Um, and I think what happened is that we normally will add the vote to like each um, item on the consent calendar. And I think that um, that vote that's there did not get carried over. Um, so let me ask you the copy. I, for instance, we denied the permit uh, for 2000 San Pablo Avenue on the action Correct. calendar. And I don't see a vote count for that, nor do I see a vote count for action calendar item four, 1200 Dwight. Is there a diff? Um, maybe I'm looking at a older copy. No, uh, mine has it. My copy has it. Okay. Um, it's between the motion and the action. Uh, I'll. I mean, I. I. I believe you. I just right. Not the well, <laughs> and I believe that you have something that's supposed <laughs> to show it. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't seem to have it either. What it's worth, and I knew that it's my question. Oh. Shaking his head. Um, okay. Why don't we um, carry it to the next meeting then? That's what Igor is uh, recommending. Yeah. And I will procedurally uh, honor that request, Igor, as we can't vote on something that is not the actual item we intend to be voting on. Great. And then um, uh, the 1820 San Pablo Avenue, um, I believe staff just needs to read into the record uh, additional condition. Um, so yes. whoever makes that motion, or I'm happy to do so. Um, I want to wait for Cecilia um, first. Yeah, let's hear Cecilia. And then if you could uh, make a motion to that effect, Igor, that would be tremendous. Cecilia. Thank you. Yeah, I just have a question on item five, um, 573 Santa Rosa Avenue. And um, they're adding a seventh bedroom. And I'm just wondering what the limit is for um, like a change to be counted as group living accommodations with the number of bedrooms. Like, what is that? Where is that line where it starts counting as group living accommodations versus not? Um, I uh, I can tackle that, Samantha, and tell me if I'm getting it wrong. Um, 
Cecilia, a good question. Uh, group living accommodations are defined in the code, to my knowledge, as any accommodation where uh, you do not have a household renting the apartment. And that that and a household is described elsewhere as um, a group of people with shared living expenses. So typically, my understanding in policy terms, uh, what the planning department looks for is if there is one lease uh, for all the tenants in a building, that's obviously a common living expense, and that qualifies as a household. Shared food expenses could also qualify as a household, but it isn't the number of bedrooms, although until recently, if you had as many as five, six, seven, or eight bedrooms, de facto, it, it couldn't be a household because it's so hard to organize. I actually lived in a household of seven people. We each had our own bedroom. When I was first a student here, it was the only way I could afford to live here. And, and we did have shared living expenses and a shared lease. So that was uh, one unit. So it isn't defined on, based on the number of bedrooms, but really the way that it is managed. And a GLA is managed more or less a, a single, an SRO, a single uh, uh, resident hotel is a form of a GLA. Um, where you've got bedrooms, but no common kitchen facilities. Uh, a dormitory is a uh, conventional like uh, school dormitory. It's considered a GLA because the students don't share each other's living expenses. Um, I can but, read the definition. Yeah, please go for it, Samantha. From the uh, code. A group living accommodation is a building or portion of a building designed for or accommodating a residential use by persons not living together as a household. This use includes dormitories, convents, monasteries, and other types of organizational housing, excludes hospitals, nursing homes, and tourist hotels. Group living accommodations typically provide shared living quarters without separate kitchen or bathroom facilities for each room or unit. Residential hotels and senior congregate housing are separately defined types of group living accommodations. Beautiful, I think I got it right. You were like, but yeah, there's you nothing like, there's nothing like reading the actual refurbish. Thanks for looking it up, Samantha. Um, any other questions about that, Cecilia? No, that's perfect. Thank you. Great, thanks. Um, in that case, uh, I'd like to entertain a motion for the consent calendar. Igor, you have your hand up. Okay, I'd like to approve the consent calendar, um, uh, which will include not the minutes, uh, but Item two, eighteen twenty San Pablo Avenue, subject to what staff is going to read into the record. Um, as part of the motion, uh, a continuance of twenty four thirty nine Durant. Actually, we are, we're not voting on three oh. or four tonight. Uh, not okay. right now because we Wait. have that's we're recused on those. But yes, if you could speak to five, six, five and six, that would be great. Yeah, um, so including 5, 573 Santa Rosa Avenue, uh, 6, 1329 Albina. Um, let me see if there was anything on Santa Rosa. I don't think so. Yeah, so, yeah, I, um, yeah I think that is it. And with the further recommendation that as applicable applicants will consider bird safe glass and native plantings. Thank you for that. 
Um, I'll be happy to second your motion. Uh, Samantha, if you can take a vote. Uh, before we do, I'm going to have. Um, oh, yes, read in the solar conditions for 1820 San Pablo. Correct. Okay. Um, so there are two conditions um, one for bike parking and one for the solar PV. So the um, condition for the bike parking is secure. Um, secure and on-site uh, bike parking for at least eight short-term and 44 long-term bicycles shall be provided for the life of the building. And then the condition for the solar PV is solar photovoltaic, solar PV, and battery energy storage system, ESS. Um, the condition is a solar PV system shall be installed subject to specific limited ex, um, exceptions as specified by the Berkeley Energy Code BMC Chapter 19.36 Energy Storage System ESS Readiness New Single Family Duplex and, town, and, and Townhouse Homes or ESS Installation new multifamily and most non-residential buildings shall be completed as specified by BMC chapter 19.36. Location of the solar PV system and the ESS, if applicable, shall be noted on the construction plans. Chair Khan, uh, you're muted. Thanks, Claudia. Uh, I was thanking Nilu for those comments, and that will now read into the record will become conditions for 1820 San Pablo Avenue at the conclusion of this vote. Um, Samantha, can you take roll call? Yes. So this is to um, uh, to approve moving the 12-8-22 action minutes to the February 9th, February 9th, 2023 meeting. Uh, to correct the voting record. Um, approve item number two, 1820 San Pablo with two added conditions, one for bike parking, one for solar. And to approve items number five, 573 Santa Rosa and number six, 1329 Albania. Correct. Um, board member Trigu. Aye. Duffy? Yes. Gaffney? Yes. Thompson? Yes. Luna Para? Yes. Vice Chair O'Keefe? Yes. Chair Khan? Yes. And Sanderson? Yes. Okay. The motion carries and the uh, items two, five, and six are approved. Um, we have two more uh, consent calendar items that need to be addressed, which as I said at the beginning, require uh, shuffling of our commission. Uh, the first um, one is item number, I'm gonna do in this order, item number four, uh, which I understand uh, um, from, uh, yes, that you have a, a interest in that project. So uh, if you would wish to be recused, we can um, have you 
uh, relegated, I think, to an attendee. Uh, and while we take that. Um, so now that we're in the meeting, I cannot move you. To I didn't think so. I so could please... do it before. Yeah. So, yes, what we've learned from Zoom is the best thing for you to do is to turn off your screen, turn off your mute your sound, simply do not participate. And when we're done, you can rejoin us once the vote is taken. You got it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. So before we uh, move to um, vote on this item, I want to give, uh, again, the attendees an opportunity to uh, express any concerns they may have about the item and to request that it be pulled for public hearing if need be. And I see I do have one hand up, uh, LB. Uh, LB, do you have a concern about this item number four, 1773 Oxford? Yes, and can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, great. Yeah, I, I'm just a, I'm a longtime resident and neighbor and um, I'm requesting that you please uh, postpone the approval of the permit and maybe that the ZEB could carry out an environmental impact study on the project. I take it you have objections to the project? Yes. Okay, um, then you'll have an opportunity to voice oh. those objections because I will be pulling that item from oh. consent and we'll be moving it to public hearing tonight. Great. Okay. Thank you. Um, uh, Jeannie Marachuk? Uh, um, yeah, I, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask, I'm also a longtime resident and neighbor, one street over on Spruce Street, and I'm very worried about the traffic congestion and the parking situation. I mean, if we have 48 our cars. That's fine. I'm going to uh, go ahead and mute you, Jeannie, because you'll have an opportunity to speak, as well Carol and Kelly on this item, when we make it a public hearing item. Uh, so... Um, that item will no longer be considered for consent uh, as we are going to give the public an opportunity to voice their concerns for the record uh, on the item and uh, give this commission an opportunity to consider those concerns. Um, there is one final item, um, number three, which I believe is a request for a continuance, though it's not noted as such here. And I have... Uh, to recuse myself from that. So I will uh, pass the gavel to Shoshana. Hello. Hey, and I will mute myself and let you take it away, Shoshana. Okay, go away, Charles. Um, so um, Samantha, do you wanna update us about the, it's now, now they're requesting a continuance? Correct, this is for 2439 Durant and the applicant has uh, requested a continuance to allow um, additional time uh, to respond to the um, Berkeley Police Department and staff recommendations. Okay, so just to do everything completely, I'm going to check in with the public to see if anyone has any concerns, but just to be clear, um, it says on the agenda, it looks like it's going to be a, a, a hearing or we're going to approve it, but if we... Um, leave it on consent and approve this part of the consent calendar, it will not be approved tonight. It'll be moved to a later a later date. So does anyone have a objection about that? Raise your hand now. Kelly does. Is that real or is the hand already up? 
Okay, Kelly, do you have an objection to us continuing this? Um, actually, I wanted to follow up on the vote that you just took. I didn't hear Samantha read the native plant in the dark sky and uh, the bird safe features in the in the motion. Did I miss that? Is it included as? That was in the first motion. Um, it wasn't, I don't think we included it in the one that was just for that one project. But right now, Kelly, right now I'm asking just about this project. So I, I'm only no, so I don't have anything on this project. I just okay, wanted to follow you. up on the other before we got too far into the meeting. All right, thanks, sure. Kelly. Um, so, okay, so no one is an objection to us continuing this. Uh, anyone from the board or should we just vote on this part of the consent calendar? Oh, is there a motion to, to pass this part of the consent calendar where we just continue something, Igor? I move to continue this matter. Um, what you move was, to approve the consent, uh-huh. Yeah, move yeah. to approve the consent with the purpose of continuing the matter to, what was the date again? The next February meeting. 23rd. Oh. February 23rd. Um, and then Kelly, uh, it, the recommendations were part of my motion. Yeah, for the first part, I think we didn't redo it for the second part, but. It was in there. Um, okay, so we have a motion. Um, I like to look Charleston. I'll second it. So let's vote. Okay, so this is to um, to continue 2439 Durant to a date certain on February 23rd, 2023. Board member Trigib? Aye. Duffy? Yes. Gaffney? Yes. Thompson? Yes. Luna Parra? Yes. Chair O'Keefe? Yes. And Sanderson? Yes. Okay, so that passes, it gets continued. Um, that was the easiest chair gig ever. Uh, I'm gonna pass the reins back to Charles. Charles, come back, there he is. I, I accept them. And uh, just to be clear, um, Kelly, I didn't hear uh, Samantha read this uh, specifically when she restated the motion, but it was stated by Igor, it was seconded by me, and for the record, it is part of the motion. Um, so that brings us to uh, our public hearing uh, items now, which will be uh, in order, 469 Kentucky Avenue. And I, think, 17 I think 1773 was first. Oh, sure. sorry, you are correct. The voting was out of order. <laughs> right. So, um, yes, the first item we'll be hearing is 1773 Oxford Street. So if you wish to be recused, yes, now is the time to ask or to do it yourself. Um, very good. So we're now opening the public hearing on 1773 Oxford Street, a six-unit multifamily building. Um, and who, Samantha, is the, uh, oh, Katrina. Is Katrina here tonight? Yes. So there is a long delay when I promote people. We will just try to be patient. She should be, here she is. There she is, great. Hey, Katrina, welcome. Here, let me go ahead and share my screen. 
Okay, good evening board members. As mentioned, my name is Katrina Lapira and I'm the planner for the project before you, located at 1773 Oxford. This is a density bonus project. Before I begin, I just want to note that staff did receive one communication for this project yesterday on Wednesday, January 11th, after the publication of the ZAB packets and the subsequent supplementals. This communication was made available to Zab and the applicant this afternoon. Back to the item before you, the project site is located close to UC Berkeley campus in downtown Berkeley, both located about half a block south of the project. The project site is located mid-block along Oxford Street between Virginia Street to the north and Hearst to the south. The eastern portion of the block consists of multifamily residential buildings ranging in three to four stories in height. Across the street from the project, the western portion of the block, is the Oxford Tract, an educational farm managed by Cal students. The project site is near a mix of commercial and educational amenities and is well serviced by local transportation services. The lot is zoned as R4. The project site is rectangular, a 6,700 square foot interior lot with 44 feet of frontage along Oxford Street. Um, currently, the site is developed with a four-story, 1,100 square foot multifamily building with six units and a six-car parking garage. As noted in Table 2 of the staff report, the existing building has been unoccupied since June 2017, through the application of the Ellis Act, which removed all rental units from the market. Since five years have elapsed, the site is now eligible for demolition and development per the demolition ordinance, as well as state law. Zoning allows for the demolition of the existing building and the construction of a 1400 square foot building at a height of 65 feet, consisting of 16 units, six stories, and 4,800 square feet of open space. With the density bonus of 50%, by designating over 18% of the units at affordable at the very low income level, the project is entitled to a building of about 2,100 square feet at a height of 60 feet with 24 units with the applicable waivers and concessions. The proposed project meets the objective standards set forth in the zoning ordinance and is consistent with the land use designation and policies set in the general plan. As such, staff recommends that the board holds a public hearing and upon conclusion, approve the zoning permit pursuant to the section before you and subject to the findings and conditions attached. This concludes staff's presentation. Let me know if you'd like me to stop sharing my screen. Thank you. Thank you, Katrina. Um, and uh, we would like the applicant, give the applicant an opportunity now, this is our custom, to present the project before hearing from the neighbors, any neighbors or community concerns. Um, do you know who will be speaking for the project, Katrina? Yes, I believe it's Geneva Hessner. And okay. or Mark Rhodes. Uh, Geneva, you are recognized. 
And, and I believe that the um, applicant has up to five minutes for the presentation. So uh, if we can keep time on that. Geneva, is there anyone else that will be presenting with you on the applicant team or are you doing a solo? Um, Mark is going to uh, present and I will share my screen if I have that capability. Okay. I don't see Mark in the I don't see Mark in the among the attendees. He's a panelist now. Good evening. Oh, that would explain it. Okay, very good. Um, so I think I need uh, screen sharing permission. Can you manage that, Claudia? You may have to promote Geneva to a panelist for an app screen sharing capability. I don't know. Um, sure. I'm sorry. Think, yeah, I think Samantha's going to promote Geneva. Um, yeah, what applicants, just Karen's, you know, applicants should come over as panelists. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll remove her and then bring her back as a panelist. Okay. Great. Thank you, Karen. <clears throat> Oh, there we go. Here we go. All right, very good. Okay. Uh, well, good evening, everybody, and Happy New Year, Mr. Chair, members of the Zoning Adjustments Board. It's been a few months, I believe, since I've had the uh, distinct pleasure of addressing uh, this body, uh, and uh, we're looking forward to a very, very active year um, with your agendas. Um, uh, as staff indicated, we are here tonight to present um, this um, very nice uh, infill development project, a project that actually represents um, what we might expect a little bit more broadly in some of these types of higher density neighborhoods in the city in the future. And I think that you'll see that based upon what envelope could be achieved in this zoning district with density bonus we've approached this project with a very light hand uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, so let's go to the next slide, Geneva, please. And we'll go through these fairly quickly. This is the site, as staff indicated, uh, it's right across the street uh, from the agricultural fields, uh, the Oxford tract, and is downslope from a lot of uh, apartments. It's a lot of mixed uses up above from a density perspective, high density apartments, low density residential, et cetera. Next slide. Uh, this is an aerial view of the site. You can see at the back of the site, there's a garage that uh, touches all three property lines. Um, there's a lot of paving, there's no open space, and uh, the box of the building sits forward on the lot, similar to the rest of the properties up and down um, this, this block. I'm sure we've all, been uh, walked or driven or biked this block many times over the years, a very interesting uh, row of apartment buildings that present themselves across street from the Oxford tract. Next slide. So um, as staff already indicated, we're looking at a total of 24 units. One of the reasons that this project has been kept at the size it has instead of um, what could be an additional four stories at least added to it under the height limits 
uh, is because we want to keep the uh, the construction more affordable and in wood frame construction. Um, as you know uh, from reading the staff report, this project is located uh, close enough to um, low uh, low headway uh, transit that no parking can be required for the residential use is also consistent with the city's own zoning standards, which were changed two years ago to eliminate uh, parking requirements uh, for residential projects. Uh, the project will uh, provide a number of uh, bicycle parking spaces, but it's proximal enough to the downtown and other services in the campus um, that, you know, the, the transportation uh, by, by foot is probably going to be the most used mode. Next slide, please. This is some, some renderings you'll see as we go through these slides um, of what the building, how the building will present itself to the street. Um, but at the same time, uh, that this is a 21 units that will be market rate, but we're including three units of below market rate in this project in order to achieve the 50% uh, density bonus. And then you can see the breakdown uh, of the units down below. So this isn't necessarily just a student-oriented housing project. It, it may become one just because of the uh, incredible need that we have uh, for single occupant households in our city, and many of whom are students. Um, next slide, please. This is the context of the neighborhood. Um, you know, as we, as we discussed, this very interesting row of three, four-story apartment buildings that march uh, up Oxford from Hearst uh, to Virginia. Next slide. And this is a comparison of the existing building footprints on the property and then the proposed building footprint. There's not that much difference. In fact, I think uh, there's only less than 5% difference in the amount of lock. Uh, did Mark just freeze or is it just me? I think he's frozen. I think he's frozen. Um, I can jump in uh, while he reconnects. Okay, um, very good, Geneva. Thank you. So as he was saying, um, the building footprint is pretty similar when you include the existing parking garage at the rear of the lot. And we're actually only going up 10 feet in height and only one story, even though the zoning code does allow six stories and 65 feet. Um, again, we're, we're just under that. Um, so we're trying to maximize our density on this site while also um, being able to stay compatible with the neighborhood context. And then here you can see um, what you'll what you'll be looking at walking up Oxford Street um, once this is hopefully built, and um, it fits in pretty well. It's it's you know kind of keeps the residential wall. It's um, fits in nicely with the existing apartments around Five it. Five minutes are up. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, just quickly, this is the front elevation, the materials. Um, the rear side elevations, uh, a ground floor plan, a typical floor plan of floors two through five, uh, a landscape plan with this nice side yard, um, ADA access there as well. Um, here are the sections. And then um, we are preserving these really nice street yards that exist. 
And then here are a few renderings very quickly. And then we're hoping that uh, it's designed to be modular. And so if it's feasible, it will be constructed that way. So it could be stacked in less than a week. And then um, lastly, this slide was to address some neighbor concerns that were communicated today. Um, so we can revisit that if we'd like. Um, thank I, I thank you for the presentation. Um, we will now open um, open the uh, ask if there are any questions for the applicant, or I should have asked uh, for the. Um, Mr. Chair, just yeah. if I may, just one quick point, and thank you, Geneva, for, for picking that up. I don't know what happened. Um, there's one little error in the staff report that I'd like to correct. Um, the, the project did uh, present a historic resource analysis prepared by Mark Holbert. Um, that historic resource analysis was forwarded to the Landmarks Commission. It's been writing their agendas for the last several months. They've taken no action uh, to initiate or designate. Just wanted to make sure that that was clear in the record. And the, the historic resource report is in the packet. Thank you for the clarification, Mr. Rhodes. Um, I uh, I have a question uh, actually for you or Geneva, which is um, if you do have, I know that the uh, concerns were sort of late arriving. I think they came today uh, to us. But if you have uh, materials to address, I do want the to know if you have the capacity or interest in addressing any of the neighbor concerns since we're about to hear from them. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I appreciate it. Um, you know, the project, as is indicated in the staff report, is exempt from the California Environmental Quality Act because it's recognized as an infill development project. And none of the criteria, uh, criterion uh, that would pull it out of that designation um, uh, exist. And that's also examined in the staff report. It's important to know that projects like this are generally uh, protected by the state laws now because of the state's housing crisis. And with state legislation and the city's legislation, uh, we don't provide automobile parking for residential uses since about almost, well, at least a year and a half now. Um, but having said that, uh, you know, these residents that will reside in this building will not be entitled to receive um, uh, permit parking, residential permit parking like um, existing residents have. Um, I have a little bit of, a, of an issue with that from a policy perspective, but nonetheless, um, it is the rule. Uh, but the primary issue that I think is being expressed um, is one of the views. And uh, as Janita, Geneva was getting to at the end of the, of the presentation, um, this, this very simple diagram uh, shows in red where um, uh, the folks who are here to speak tonight reside. It shows the, um, the, the quite tall four-story apartment building right across the street from them. Uh, in yellow uh, on the overhead, and then our project site is at 1773 in the green. So behind us, uh, the building roof height is 50 feet on the back side of that building, not on this side. Um, and our project height, our roof height um, is 60 feet, but it's further down slope. I believe that right now these, these neighbors look right over the top of that yellow apartment building. Uh, as beautiful as it is, and uh, we'll also continue to look right over that yellow apartment building. They may uh, see a little bit, uh, a little bit of the top of the building, um, but uh, I do also want to remind the zoning adjustments board that views 
um, are not a reason to deny or modify a project that's subject to the Housing Accountability Act. Um, but we did take it into consideration by keeping the height at 60 feet instead of going taller. The base height in this zoning district is 65 feet. That means if you do some sort of simple, straightforward math, that a building 90 feet tall could probably be built on this project site. But that would involve uh, uh, type five over type one construction, very expensive uh, for this small of a project. So we endeavored to keep it in, in wood frame construction. So we've kept it um, at the size that's shown here. Uh, and in fact, we're, we're going to be modular. So um, most likely. So that's- Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'd like to- uh... Close this part of the hearing and open it up now to attendees. We had several people who uh, earlier expressed concerns about the uh, project. Let me see one hand. Uh, I would like to get a full count of uh, everyone who wishes to speak on this topic, as um, I need to manage our timetable and our agenda. I saw six hands, I see five now. Um, is there anyone else that wishes to speak on, um, on 1773 Oxford Street? Please raise your hands now. I'm only gonna recognize people who are raising their hands now. This is consistent with how we conducted this in person where you were required to file a request to speak. And I'm requesting you to Lodge your interest. Okay, we have five people. That's sufficient that we can give each of you three minutes up to, is it up to two minutes? Two minutes to speak. Two minutes. Yes. Uh, so we'll just take you in turn. Carol, you are recognized. Okay, I think I can be very brief. One is a general thing that I would hope you would do. It has been answered um, with the diagrams here but when you say five stories um I, I think the stories can vary in height so you should always in every project say the number of stories but also the number of feet Thank i you. hope you will do that in the future <laughs> but that yes, was I think answered. they did say it was 60 feet tall yeah so, they yeah. did in this but i'm saying in general with all of the the projects that you consider it's just a suggestion it and specifically, when I look at the um, one of the pictures, it looks like it's uh, <laughs> consistent in the front with the other buildings, but in one of the diagrams or two of them, it looked like the front of it. In other words, the west side extended further out to the west. Is, is that correct? Um, we can ask the applicant to uh, address concerns after everyone has spoken. So, okay, uh, I'm done. Thank you so much, Carol. I appreciate your brevity. Uh, Kelly? Um, yes, first off, thank you for choosing native plants. I appreciate that. Um, what is a concern is you have really corner windows, and those are uh, we're looking at this from the front and the side. And a window, when you have a corner window like that, it's particularly dangerous, even more dangerous. 
for birds than just the reflection of glass because oftentimes the the bird will believe that they can fly through it so i would ask that you consider bird safe glass on those corner windows to um eliminate that that hazard and of course use outside screening um wherever you can and discourage um, occupants from putting plants inside in those windows. So those are those are my comments. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Um, LB. Thank you so much. Um, so I was going to request for uh, a sort of environmental impact study, if that's the right phrasing. Uh, for this, um, I, I live right next door. I'm concerned about health and safety to the immediate neighbors with the demolition in terms of hazardous materials, I don't know, lead dust, asbestos, uh, taking the building down. We're just a few feet away across a narrow alley. And so a hazardous material study perhaps, because uh, we'll be living in that, in those conditions and that the demolition and there's for as long as this project is, is, is going on. And we're a little concerned about potential damage to our property just across mm -hmm. the, the alley in the process and if what the plans are for uh noise mitigation at least during the construct de demolition and construction many of us are just working people who have to work from home in this era the way things are these days and we just have to we have no choice so we're here um i i heard what was said about the parking and i'm still concerned i still have concerns about that parking issue um i understand so they won't be given permits the folks i don't know where they're some people are going to have cars i don't know where they're going to park so i just want to I, I understand that was it was noted but uh i'm still concerned about that and about the relative density um of this number of units on a lot that size i understand the legal aspect i i'm still concerned for the well-being of the folks who who live here and lived here a long have lived here a real long time um so I think that's that sums it up pretty well. Thank you. Okay, thank you for coming tonight and speaking your concerns, LB. Thank you. Um, Ingrid, you are recognized. Ingrid. Um, Hello? Yes, hi. What did you do? I hit the button right. Uh, Can you hear us? Yes, we sure can. No. And are there two of you Something speaking? Um, can you hear us? Yes, we sure we we Hello? can. Yeah, we can hear you. Don't do, don't push any no, buttons. We hear you loud and clear. You just pushed a button. You have to unmute now. You need to unmute. You just muted yourself. You were doing just fine. Unmute. Okay. Can okay. you hear us don't okay push now? Any buttons. Stop. <laughs> we can hear you. Well, I can't hear you, so I don't know what's going on. Um, oh, that, well, your sound on your computer, uh, your sound may be off. Send us another unmute symbol. Here. You need to turn your volume up on your computer. Can you hear us okay now? We can hear you. Can you hear what us? Happened? What the heck? This is very funny. It's the first time it's happened. I think their sound is audio options. Here.
Okay, can you hear us okay now? Yes, but can you hear us? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's all good now. Great, fantastic. Okay. Sorry about that. And so, will Ingrid, are there two of you who are speaking tonight? Yeah, there's myself and my husband, Bob. Okay, you'll each get two minutes. Oh, okay. Up to, up to two minutes. If you can do it quicker, we love it. Okay, great. So we are right next door, um, 1765 Oxford. And so that would be north from the building that is being built or the, you know, the project. And my concern is the same concern that the neighbor behind, I guess that would be the neighbor on Spruce Street about the demolition um, and keeping the dust and the um, whatever other uh, material that will be um, taken down, um, you know, preventing um, the dust from coming to our building. Uh, we just recently completely renovated the exterior of our building um, and painted it. So it would be really difficult for us to have to clean it again from all the dust. Um, I'm also concerned about the height of the building because, um, you know, because at some point I was thinking of installing um, um, the solar system on our roof. And I don't know how that will impact my building because it's currently um, the existing building is only, I believe it's, is it 40 feet tall? Uh, and it's going up to 60 feet. I'm also concerned about um, the parking situation because there's really not a lot of parking on the street. And um, I know that some people will probably have a car or you know, some, some of the tenants who live in the building or the residents will own a car. And so I don't know how that's going to impact the street. Um, so, and I'm also interested in maybe having a, a barrier uh, put in, in place between uh, the neighbor's building and our building, just so to avoid, you know, things flying over when the construction is going on. Your time is up. Okay. I'm Bob Wander, owner next door, right across the driveway. And I'm concerned about the change in the general configuration of the lot where if you're starting at the rear of the lot, there's a one-story parking structure spanning the lot left to right. Then there's a blacktop area, and then the building begins and it has its present height to the, to the street. So the new structure uh, will be built up the entire length of that area, and there won't be light or ventilation coming from that large area, which is blacktop and the uh, single-story uh, floor structure. This it could shadow the building because that's the south side of, you know, they're to the south of me. And I think it could be having a, a big influence on the general uh, temperature and humidity of the uh, of our building by shading it so terrifically. And uh, then um, I, I have a concern about the uh, tear down in the dust so that people will know that there's uh, you know, things like asbestos that are so common in these buildings uh, that are 100 years old or so. And also when you tear out a lot of concrete, that dust is toxic. So someone would have to put in a big effort when they're doing this excavation to control that dust and put up barriers around the property. 
hopefully. And one small item is uh, I know the owner, one of the owners of the building adjacent to that beautiful Oxford property that was just built. And uh, his property, uh, when the construction was initiated at Oxford, was infested by rats, which left the other lot area and came into his property. And I'm concerned that whoever owned this building over five years, that there may be vermin there, which will leave if there's uh, teardown going on and infest our property. That's it. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming tonight. Um, we have uh, one more uh, individual, Jeannie Marichak. Jeannie, you're recognized if you can unmute. Uh, thank you. But my next door neighbor, uh, John Penn Berthy, also asked to speak, and he's just come over here uh, to talk That's about you'll, you'll each get two minutes. Okay. Thank you. Um, then I'll be very quick because I've already spoken. Um, I want to thank Mark. It was nice to see it, you know, some, <laughs> what this actually looks like and so on. And there's a lot of nice things about this. But I just want to underscore the concern about the parking because people do have cars. You can tell them they can't get a residential permit and there's no place to park on the ground. Where are they going to put their cars? And I also wondered if you think they're all going to be on bicycles, why have you only allocated 18 spaces for those bicycles? So the issue of these people transporting themselves seems like one that maybe requires more explanation or more thought. And now I'm going to turn it over to my neighbor. Yeah. Thank you. Hello, this is John Penberthy. And... Um, I mentioned about the height, uh, concerned about the height. I've looked on uh, Google Earth, looking at our location, uh, looking at how it fits in with your uh, new building. And I was told by Yes Duffy that uh, only about uh, your building would, new building would be uh, about uh, behind 1780 Spruce. I looked on Google Earth and it looks like there's uh, only one half of the building is uh, going to be behind it. Also, when we talk about 10 foot taller, I'm a little confused what that means because I'd like to see, as I mentioned it in my uh, write-up, in my email, I'd like to see the, um, the proposed new one and I would like to see the old uh, existing building. And there is a uh, roof line above the, say, the... Uh, the building itself, there's a roof line above it. I'm not sure how this all fits in. So I'd like some more information on um, how the uh, the height is going to look. And if they can do that, uh, I'm sure they can do that. That would be very helpful. Thank you. Thank you for coming and speaking tonight. That closes the public comment portion of our hearing tonight. Everyone has had an opportunity to speak. Um, I think I actually had more people speak than the five who originally raised their hands. But um, yes, uh, but uh, you do, uh, the applicant has an opportunity to now, having heard the concerns firsthand, ad address any of those concerns to try to satisfy uh, the concerns uh, of these neighbors. And uh, if it's your option to take uh, a, a couple of minutes uh, for that. Okay, uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. 
again, Zoning Adjustments Board staff and, and the neighbors. Thank you for um, coming out this evening, participating and expressing your concerns. Some of these responses are going to be really frustrating, I, I suspect, and I'm going to maybe leave it to staff on one of them in particular. First, on the on the sort of toxic issues of lead paint, um, asbestos, et cetera. Like all of the buildings on this block, uh, this building does have lead paint, most likely, and probably also, like the rest of the buildings on this block, contains some asbestos in one way, shape, or form. Berkeley has, uh, in conjunction with uh, state requirements, very uh, significant and stringent standards. You see those uh, expressed in the conditions of approval for how those things are abated and eliminated, including dust, um, during the demolition process. Essentially, a building like this isn't going to get knocked over by a wrecking ball. It's going to sort of be dismantled. Um, and it will be screened while that's happening and things of that nature. Um, staff can probably provide you more technical detail on all of those pieces. And because it's a very highly regulated set of circumstances, it, the, any further discussion on that might come from them. But there are significant conditions of approval um, for those items already listed in the staff report. Um, on, the, on the parking issue... Uh, again, it has been the policy of the city for almost two years now that no parking is required for residential uses. Instead, there are some bike parking spaces. We have transit proximity and transit passes uh, will also be provided uh, to uh, folks in the in the new units. Uh, so there's a real combination of things uh, that can help people avoid having cars. And yes, some people will probably have cars. But because they can't get residential permit parking, it would be very difficult for those folks to park on long-term bases um, in this neighborhood, except perhaps on the weekends. Um, and, and what we have found three, I guess, four years ago, staff could probably uh, correct me on this. The city did a citywide parking survey for higher density buildings, both old buildings and newer buildings. And they found that in general, um, the already reduced amount of parking in those buildings, many of them didn't have anywhere near the number of spaces that they had units in the building, were on average half to three quarters used from a parking perspective. So a lot of people do, when presented with the option, choose to live in a building that doesn't have parking because they're actually paying less to live there. It makes these units a little bit more affordable. Um, then on, I, I will do one other clarification. Somebody asked, does this building, uh, does it stick forward uh, relevant to the rest of the buildings on the road there on Oxford Street? Um, this building will, it noses out or is proud of its existing condition by about a foot and a half. So yes, it extends forward, but only about a foot and a half um, in the front setback uh, from where it is right now. Um, and the, on the views and the sunlight and the air, this is, you know, one of those frustrating um, uh, responses uh, for some, I, I think, but in with respect to providing the kind of housing that the city needs um, has been an important change, both in state policy and then as a requirement in city policy as well. Um, Sunlight, air, and views are no longer a basis for denying residential projects that are consistent with uh, state density bonus law and the city's objective standards. This project, because it's both, is also subject to the protections of the Housing Accountability Act. Having said that, 
um, yes, uh, it will cast more shadow uh, than it does right now. And like I said before, we've kept tried to keep the building height down just over 60 feet, 60 feet in inches uh, from where it is uh, right now. It's it's only about a 10 foot difference. Um, so I think, you know, we've worked really hard given the fact that, as I said also before, that a building here could achieve almost 80 or 90 feet in height if somebody really wanted to push that envelope and pay those exorbitant construction prices for a project like that. Um, I don't... I think, you wrap up, Mark. Yeah, yeah, I think I've hit everything. If anybody else has any questions about anything, uh, please let me know. We're here to answer any questions you might have, and we look forward to being able to move on tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Igor, you have your hand up. Sorry, I just muted you by accident. You have to unmute. Yeah. I, I would say, is it something I said, but I haven't said anything yet? <laughs> um, something you were about to say. Yeah. Uh, Nice to see you, Mark, and thank you to the members of the public. I, I just have two questions uh, responsive to what uh, we heard tonight. Uh, first, um, would you be will would you be amenable to a condition? We have sometimes done this on other projects to uh, provide to neighbors within a certain radius the contact info for a project liaison. Uh, you know, prior to commencement of construction. Absolutely. I mean, I also believe that it's a condition of approval uh, nowadays, uh, but certainly the neighbors will receive notification in advance of the construction actually starting. Um, there will be a, uh, there will be a posting on the site that identifies um, a contact uh, that would actually pick up a phone uh, if somebody called and had any issue or question with what was happening. So I, I don't recall, uh, Mr. Traeger, which condition of approval that is, but... 37 and 39. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, yeah, okay. Um, so this is... Um, so what... Um, right. 49 um, provides a construction website, um, but I think, uh, and, and it sounds like you would be amenable to this, is just, just go a tad bit further and actually provide a phone number, like the hotline that someone- It has. is actually specifically referenced as a hotline. Uh, if you read further down in 39, Igor, uh, right. I think this is something that the planning oh, department now requires because yeah. it's something that you and others on this commission have requested. You're right. Other projects, yeah. Yeah, this is a condition that's evolved significantly over the years. Yep, yeah, sure yeah, I'm, and I'm glad to hear that it has been expanded. That's great. Um, and then my second question was just um, based on Kelly's remarks, uh, particularly about the side windows. If uh, uh, board safe glass or outside screenings are something that uh, you would consider. I know this is modular construction and you're trying to keep costs down. So I do understand and we can't make this a condition, but is it something that you would consider? Thank you for that. And, and that is the one of the, at least one item that maybe I forgot to cover. First, let me say that I think all of our projects in this point in time are incorporating native landscaping. And when we are introduced to a new project, 
one of the first statements out of my mouth is this is going to be 100% native landscaping because I hear in the back of my mind, Kelly Hammergren is going to press us on this and she's right to do it and we're glad to be doing it. Um, on the bird safe glass, you're correct. Uh, this is a modular design and it becomes even more expensive, especially for a project of this scale. What we can do, and I think what we can agree to, is to look at screening options um, um, that could be potentially applied on the exterior somehow to break down the glare. I appreciate Kelly's comment and her work on this. Um, and uh, and we would uh, look at that at final design review, I think. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, are there any other, um, uh, well, I, I would like to, are there any other questions for the applicant, uh, Michael? I just wanted to um, address the comment about the uh, vermin and rodents doing construction. And if that happens, how would that be addressed? I, uh, um, thank you. I think that a lot of people do trapping now uh, before they start a demolition process. Uh, so, you know, it, it's happened to me. Uh, I have had a house remodeled uh, next to us here next to San Pablo Avenue. And oh my gosh, you know, the folks living there had been hoarders and it was horrifying. Horrifying. Our cat was busy for a month. Um, so, you know, I, I think that we can uh, also accept a condition and, you know, I don't, I, I hate to say it, but maybe think about this for other projects as well, that when a demolition is going to occur, that perhaps a, at least a short program of, of trapping um, occur just prior to the demolition. That mark. Thank you, Michael. Um, any other uh, questions for uh, the applicant? In that case, I'd like to close the public hearing and bring it back to this commission um, and hear uh, any comments that uh, my fellow commissioners may have um, on the uh, on the project and or concerns of the community. Igor. Uh, thank you so much. Um, so, um, you know, this is uh, always, um, you know, I definitely hear the concerns of the neighbors uh, and uh, the zoning adjustments board. Um, in many respects, its hands are tied due to uh, state law um, and several, uh, you know, the Housing Accountability Act and other state laws have been mentioned. Um, I do want to mention that I believe the increase in height uh, is the, the existing building based on what has been provided to us is uh, 40 feet tall. This would be the comment was 40. It's actually 50. And this mm. would be 60.9. Um, I would like staff to explore, uh, you know, I, I do hear Carol's comment about, um, you know, while we have in the development standards uh, in the staff report, uh, which is um, for those following along, uh, table four, there are existing heights there, um, as well as the proposed height. Um, maybe this is something staff can actually take a look at in the uh, summary up top in bold uh, use permit, um, empty squat to 
you know, demolish a six unit multifamily building, maybe adding uh, the maximum height next to the, where it says five stories and 21,048 square feet. Um, so that it would be, I know we have this and we are, you know, supposed to have this information so we can do our jobs. But for members of the public, this might make it a little bit easier for them to find because then can just be on top of the, uh, report itself and also in the agenda. Um, with that, uh, and you know, the concerns about uh, construction, um, I just want to uh, relay that conditions 37 through 56, those are the construction conditions of approval. They are stringent and um, as I just learned they have become more robust over time as well. So for members of the public, uh, that's where uh, you can go uh, to take a look at things like noise and dust mitigation um, and others. Uh, with that, I would like to um, make a motion to approve this project with um, the inclusion of uh, Commissioner Thompson's condition. And I apologize, Commissioner, uh, you may have to read it again. Um, and then with a strong recommendation to include outside screening uh, where, uh, where feasible um, in uh, the windows for board safety purposes. I second. Thank you, Debbie. So we have a motion, we have a second. Before we vote, um, I have some comments, uh, just to add one or two to add to Igor's uh, thoughtful comments. Um, I wanna say that everyone's uh, concerns voiced tonight are legitimate concerns, very understandable when a significant project is being built next to your property or in your neighborhood, these concerns will arise. Uh, I want to assure you, it's not the first time we've heard these concerns. Um, this is uh, Berkeley, where we live, where neighbors' concerns are taken very seriously. And for that reason, we do have requirements such as the one that Igor helped forge, where there is a hotline that you can call during construction if you have concerns about things not being done per the instructions that are here that are public record that you can review. Um, I did want to speak in particular, though, to one concern voiced by several immediate neighbors, the neighbor to the south and the neighbor to the north. And this referred to the toxics, the potential toxicity, which Mark acknowledges very likely there is some asbestos uh, or, or lead in the paint in an old building like this. And believe me, the city wants to be sure that the citizens are protected. So. The request that there is a environmental study is already in the document. And it's under item number 21, toxics. The applicant shall contact the toxics management division of the city to determine which of the following documents are required. It includes an environmental site assessment, phase one and phase two site assessments. Um, the environmental conditions that have to be addressed. So we do have a toxic uh, condition in the uh, documents in addition to all of the multiple dust control and other um, construction management and construction outreach, which I think personally is the uh, particularly important. Uh, a meeting 
Uh, you'll be invited to a meeting before construction begins. You'll get to meet the uh, people who are doing the construction who are responsible for it, and there will be numbers to reach. We you know, can't guarantee how that's going to be handled. We hope that uh, given the, the quality of people who are involved with this project, it will be at the highest level. Um, and that's really the only assurances we can provide uh, at, at our level, I believe. So uh, with that, I'd like to uh, ask for a vote, unless we have another commissioner who wishes to speak uh, before we vote. Okay, in that case, uh, Samantha, if you could uh, take the vote. Okay, um, so this is to approve 1773 Oxford with the added condition um, that um, rodents are trapped prior to demolition and beginning construction and a recommendation for outdoor screening or sorry, outdoor screens and windows where feasible for bird safety. Sounds right to me. Commissioner or Board Member Trigu? Aye. Gaffney? Yes. Thompson? Yes. Luna Parra? Yes. Vice Chair O'Keefe? Yes. Chair Khan? Yes. And Sanderson? Yes. So it passes unanimously and uh, the project will proceed uh, pending appeal to council. Um, subject to appeal by council. Uh, this brings us to our next item, number seven, uh, 469 Kentucky Avenue. And uh, yes, you should rejoin us, please. There he is. Welcome back. Handsome design. Thank you. Um, so we will now be uh, conducting the public hearing for 469 Kentucky Avenue, our penultimate uh, item on the agenda tonight. And uh, Samantha, I believe Russell is the staff planner. Is Russell right. here? Russell is here and should be coming over. Okay, I am here. Um, can you all hear me? Yep. Okay, yeah, it was acting a little funny and there was a delay. Um, okay, let me share my screen. Okay, is my presentation on screen now? Okay, I'm yes. not here. Okay, now yes. I'm hearing you. Okay. Uh, all right, so the uh, project before us is for, at 469 Kentucky Avenue. It is to demolish a single family dwelling uh, with, and its uh, existing one car garage and construct a 3,310 square foot, three-story residence and uh, two-car garage. 
It is in the uh, R1H zoning district. This is single family residential in the hillside overlay zone. This is a, a, a site plan. Uh, you can see the, the outline of the, the, the proposed uh, house here, the, the garage out uh, at the street, uh, which is typical of the neighborhood because of the steep terrain and uh, an accessory building at the back of the lot. And this is just another image so you can get another idea of, of what the uh, proposed project uh, would look like. I do wanna say a little bit about the project chronology. Um, uh, the applicant notified neighbors and collected signatures uh, back in January and February of 2022. Uh, in, in May 2022, a home behind the project site at 480 uh, Vassar uh, was purchased by new owners who apparently were not uh, notified of this project when they bought the house. When story pools were re uh, erected in November, the uh, um, new owners of 4D Vassar were taken a little bit by surprise, and they expressed concerns about uh, the effect on their view, uh, and they expressed those concerns directly to the applicant. Um, the applicant took their concerns seriously and met with them and um, then revised their plans in December, right, you know, right before our deadline. Uh, and um, revised the plan so that the roof uh, was basically changed uh, 45 degrees, uh, which allowed um, less obstruction of the existing view. Uh, and so those drawings are what were uh, are uh, submitted to you in your packets. And this is a view from 480 Vassar that was taken, um, I think, from the second floor, uh, showing the story poles. Uh, I don't know how well you can all see it. It's it's not a, a great picture, but this is what I could come up with. Um, so this just gives you an idea of what the view will look like uh, with the when the new house is is built. Uh, of course, uh, there are uh, various findings that have to be met in order to approve the project. Um, de staff uh, feels that uh, the demolition phase of the project would not be material detrimentally to the housing needs and public interests of the affected neighborhood and Berkeley uh, because it, it it does not eliminate any units and um, it uh, has not removed, it resulted in any evictions or removing anybody from the rental market. Um, there is also a general non-detriment finding and staff believes that, that the uh, proposed uh, use would not be detrimental or injurious to uh, property and improvements of the adjacent properties and surrounding neighborhood. And uh, finally, there are some required hillside overlay zone findings. Um, and uh, we believe that the project would be uh, consistent with the um, hillside overlay zone. Uh, as I noted earlier, the two-car garage is up front uh, necessarily due to the steep terrain, and that is in keeping with other properties in the neighborhood. 
and also the additional uh, height uh, response to the topography of the site while giving reasonable protection to views. So staff recommends that uh, you approve the project. And then finally, I have one last sort of uh, addendum uh, before we move on. Uh, at last minute, um, we realized that our standard solar condition of approval was inadvertently left off. Uh, the 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 uh, condi findings and conditions document. So um, we recommend um, adding this particular condition. And if it's appropriate, I'd like to just maybe read it into the record now. I think it's sufficient uh, since we have a visual of it. Uh, well, go ahead and read it just to double get double. Okay, uh, solar voltaic and battery energy storage systems. A solar PV system shall be installed subject to the specified limitation, limited exceptions uh, as specified by the Berkeley Energy Code, BMC Chapter 19.36, energy storage system readiness or ESS installation uh, shall be completed as specified by BMC Chapter 19.36. Location of the solar PV system and the ESS, if applicable, shall be noted on the construction plans. Thank you. Um, any questions for Russell from this commission? Seeing none, I'd like to invite the, thank you, Russell. I'd like You're to welcome. invite the uh, applicant to join us and make their presentation uh, to the commission. And uh, Russell, do you know who that would be? I believe that would be Maurice Levitch and maybe Maurice. Aiden Keefe. Yes, uh, this is Maurice. Let's see. Hey, Maurice, you and, Aiden, you and Aiden have five minutes between okay. you, so you should judge yeah. accordingly. I'll get started. Am I joining as a uh, panelist? Is that you? Uh, I think I. You, you may have to be demoted and and pulled back in as a panelist by Karen if you need to share because you no. will need to share. Your... I moved him over as a panelist. Okay. Um, let me see Very good. Here. Yeah. So they should both be panelists. Okay. Very good. So yeah, you should be able to share your screen. Okay. You Great. I'd like to, Maurice. All right. Good evening, uh, Chairman Khan, Zoning Commissioners. Um, what we have here is a replacement of the 1925 childhood home of our client, Aiden Keefe. Um, Aiden went to Berkeley High School. Uh, he was here in Berkeley. He's moved down to Santa Clara for work, but now with the um, working remotely, he's able to come back home. And uh, he had intended to come back home and live in this home with his father in the new ADU that was planned. But unfortunately, his father passed away um, just this late December. However, we're very um, committed to uh, continuing with the ADU, and um, it's going to turn out to be a place for his uh, nanny. He has two kids, wife, and they both work at home. Um, so we started this design with an open mind about whether or not to demolish or retrofit um, this home. Um, and as specialists in remodeling, uh, I took it as a personal challenge to see what we could save of this home. And as we learned more about it, crawling underneath it, uh, it really needed, you know, full foundation replacement, full excavation, uh, and there was a, a very odd um, 
uh, addition built in 86 um, that really didn't add anything to the home. Um, uh, when we did our historical analysis, uh, Mark Hurlbert, pardon me, um, states the subject property and building have no identifiable association in the events or persons important to history. Um, and additionally, um, the existing house is a basic and undistinguished design without construction characteristics of interest, without any without an identifiable original architect and its original develop, developers of no identifiable historical importance. I hope they don't say that about all of us um, in 40 or 50 years, but uh, poor guy. Um, anyway, it really made more sense to demolish this building. It's safer, um, it's, uh, it's more cost-effective. It'll be a better um, uh, built and energy efficient home um, for this family who will continue to live here um, so uh, we're very um, happy to have made the story pole adjustments in time and that the uh, new owner up above um, was comfortable with the change. Um, and uh, we've learned of some additional concerns of our neighbor to the north down below of some privacy that we you know, love to respond to. Um, but uh, I think that's it for me. Aiden, would you like to um, share anything? Uh, no, just uh, uh, thank you everyone for the time this evening. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, just yeah, Alta Bates 1972, Berkeley High Class of 90. Um, the opportunity to move back to Berkeley has been a huge thing. Uh, I've probably spent a little bit more of my life working outside of Berkeley. Um, but with the horrible pandemic, the one upside is um, right an opportunity to go back home. And the places I've worked have never felt like home. Berkeley's always felt like home. Um, so we've really wanted to move back. Um, we now have the opportunity to do it. I was hoping on to, to live together with three generations with my father. Fortunately, he passed away a couple weeks ago. Um, but uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to coming back. It's just the house is, as uh, Maurice mentioned, it's old, it's beat up, it's not safe, it's not stable. And so we think building something new there that can support all of us to, to work from home, uh, I think will be a huge value add. And then, and I'll be mindful of time, I think there's a value add for everybody involved besides just our family. Um, I think neighbors will benefit because an old decrepit house, which is dragging down home values, uh, is gonna be replaced with something which will be a lot nicer. Um, moving from something which is really a fire hazard, given that we're in the wooey overlay and embers from Tilden could make it an accelerant, um, putting in class A fire materials and having it more as a buffer with uh, spring sprinklers would be a huge value add for the neighborhood, as well as, of course, earth earthquake safety. It falls down to the street, people can't flee. Um, I mean, these are these are huge factors. I think probably the most important one for me, though, and maybe this is me dealing with my midlife crisis, I'm going from a house which is burning up natural gas and allowing that energy to just drift out through uninsulated walls is something which makes me, uh, it upsets me, to be honest. And so building a green efficient home, and I love that there are photovoltaic, photovoltaic requirements and battery requirements, um, is really a chance to do something to address what feels like the biggest you know, not to be melodramatic, but the biggest problem facing humanity that I can do finally do some little step that's positive towards, um, you know, addressing that is something which is important to me. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I'll be mindful of time. Again, I appreciate all the time that you've given us. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you, uh, Maurice and Aiden. Um, any questions for the applicant from the commission before we go to the public? Uh, Shoshana. I just want to say uh, I'm so sorry to hear about your father. That thank you. Thanks. 
Uh, with that, we will open it to attendees. Uh, I see two hands, Kelly, Cynthia, and Anonymous Anonymous. Uh, five hands, uh, Kelly, Cynthia, uh, uh, someone identified as Anonymous, Ren Ng, and Catherine Seligman. You are the five people who will speak on this topic tonight. We have another item still to go. Uh, I'm going to close it out, and uh, if there's anyone else that wishes to speak, raise your hand now. Okay, uh, then we'll start and take it in order, starting with Kelly and finishing with Catherine. Kelly, you are up. Uh, thank you, and Aiden and Maurice, I'm sure you've been here all night, and you've heard me make my plea for uh, bird safe glass and I would ask that you um, please use bird safe glass uh, on this house and you can make the, your windows bird safe just by putting screens having windows that open and putting screens on the outside would make them bird safe and that would that would be a great um, benefit. Um, I appreciate that you're concerned about um, natural gas. This is going to be all electric, so that's um, that's wonderful. Um, I was looking at the landscape plans, and I was wondering if, because um, you have probably about 50% non-native, if those are plantings that already exist, um, that you're not putting in new plants, that what's named on this site is um is what already exists on the property if not i would ask that you use calscape and you can pick out native plants and that would really add um a lot of value to biodiversity so those are those are my requests thank you thank you kelly um cynthia foster Hi, um, Cynthia Foster. I live at 479 Kentucky, so two doors down from the project. My concerns have to do with how the project is going to affect traffic on the street, both demolition and construction. We, um, Kentucky Avenue is two blocks long, and the block that the project is taking place on actually consists of two one-lane roads with a median in the middle, and the median is probably about a five-foot slope, so it's not a median that can be used if one side of the street is blocked. So my concerns have to do with how traffic's gonna be managed and if we're gonna get advanced notice when the street has to be closed. Um, and I do appreciate on the last project, if we could also have a hotline so we have access not only with construction questions, but with parking and street access. And if we get notification maybe 48 hours in advance that there's gonna be trucks gonna be blocking the street, it's just very narrow and I have concerns. It's very difficult to turn around in our street and go the wrong direction to get out. We've all done it during an emergency. Um, I wouldn't want to do it on an ongoing basis. So that's my concern is how we um, have access to the street. We have delivery trucks and recycling trucks who really are pretty cautious about getting down the street because it's narrow. And I also have concerns about parking um, in the sense that parking is very limited in our neighborhood. And neighbors are very cognizant of not blocking stairs and driveways and entries to houses. And I wanna make sure that anyone who's working on the project is also cognizant of not blocking entrances. 
Thank you, Cynthia. Um, the next person is identified as anonymous. If you can, there you go. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Sorry about that. Um, this is more just a question. I don't know if it's appropriate to ask a question in this forum, but I was just curious um, in regards to the demolition, what protections are going to be in place just to ensure that the dust and debris, because this is going to go on for a long time, doesn't kind of disrupt the neighbors in the community? Um, and then the second question, um, like I said, not necessarily a concern or objection, just a question, is more about um, if the if you can provide more color into what is being done just to address the fact that this is a big project going on a, a steep hill. And so in terms of the um, the grading and the in the back of the house, what um, if just giving some more color to to ensure that like houses on the neighboring street behind um, don't have any negative repercussions from like slippage or anything like that. So just to provide more color, just to understand. Thank you. Um, there's uh, the uh, it is appropriate to ask questions. Uh, they will be answered hopefully by the applicant when they have a chance to answer all the questions that you or others may raise. Um, thank you for coming tonight. Um, Ren Ng. Uh, good evening. My family lives at 467 Kentucky, right next to the project. Uh, we wrote a letter asking the board to postpone approval of the use permit. Uh, and I wanna highlight the four, uh, four reasons from our letter. Uh, the first is problems with information flow. The final versions of the documents have only been available on the city website since January 3rd. Uh, compared to the previous version, we were email. The latest includes uh, design additions and revisions, soil and shadow studies, et cetera. We need more time to study it and uh, all neighbors should have that opportunity. The second is uh, our objections to aspects of the design. The design has a balcony that would provide close direct views onto our secluded deck and into our master bedroom for the first time. Uh, this would intrude on two of our most private spaces. We asked for more time to work with the architect through this and other design problems. The third uh, are concerns with demolition. We have two children, seven and nine, and we're worried about hazardous materials like asbestos and lead dust. We live so close. Uh, our houses are separated by just eight feet for the full depth and height, and three stories will be demolished here. Uh, this is also on a steep hill, as you heard, so we're worried about damage to our home during demolition or foundation damage from excavation and leveling of the hill that's just eight feet away. We even have a shared 10-foot pergola that spans the gap between our homes. The documents don't mention yet how this structure will be preserved. We ask that a demolition plan be added for all these things. The fourth uh, concerns about street safety. Our street is unusual, as you heard, two narrow one-way roads on a steep hill. In the last two years, several construction accidents happened. Uh, a truck couldn't stop and destroyed the railing and steps on a house at the end of the street. A moving backhoe threatened the safety of two children, including one of our own, and was referred to council member Sophie Hahn for follow-up. This project is by far the most complex on our street in years, maybe decades, and we request the addition of a traffic safety plan. So to recap, we ask you to postpone approval until the issues in our letter are addressed. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you. And we have one more individual to speak on the item. Catherine Seligman, you are recognized. Catherine. Uh, 
For some reason, we can't hear you. I don't know if you're trying to speak or not. You are unmuted. I don't know if there's a volume control on your microphone. But we're not getting any um, audio. Um, well, if Catherine is able to come back, uh, I certainly want to give her a chance to speak. So if you can manage that, uh, Catherine, you're welcome to rejoin us. Um, Charles, it is nine. Yes, time for a captioner's break. Um, before we, uh, so let's take a captioner's break now. Um, it'll be a 10 minute break, a health break. Uh, so is it precisely nine? Yes, it is. Let's all be back at nine ten. We still have another item to go, and I do want to get this done before we all turn into whatever you turn into at midnight. Um, so see you in 10 minutes. Thanks.
Oh, I didn't see anybody there. Oh, I see that. Oh, yeah, I see that. Did I?
thanks guys. See you contact. Thank you. Looks like uh, we just need a few more people and we can get back in the saddle. Oh, there we are. Okay. Um, so uh, I would like to continue the. Uh, public hearing by giving um, Maurice and Aiden an opportunity to address uh, the concerns um, brought, brought to our attention by the community. Um, and uh, I believe you have three minutes. Okay, okay great. Okay, am I on? Okay, am I on? Yes. Okay, thank you for um, the questions, uh, neighbors and um, other interested parties. Um, Kelly, really appreciate, and I learned a lot tonight from the, the birds and landscape comments. Um, definitely we're interested in the bird safe uh, windows screens, um, as well as the landscape. Um, we've uh, engaged uh, Bernardo Lopez from uh, Latitude 37. He's a sustainable garden specialist. So we're all, um, all over that, um, the 50% non-native. We will make sure not to put native plants in the windows though. Um, so we'll keep them outside. Um, then uh, Cynthia, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tight street. And um, I, as a builder, and you know, we hope to build this for Aiden as well, I can give you some direct uh, answers to that. We, we've prepared traffic control plans for many projects. Um, and you know, we're always um, going to do what we can to not have a street closure. Um, we're going to put um, signs. I mean, this is what we're going to propose. We do have a plan, a preliminary plan we could share 
um, if it comes to that, uh, Russell has that, you could share it on a screen if he wanted to. But um, we do plan on um, you know, putting signs up um, to uh, the, the sidewalk as it is now is not passable even by pedestrians without construction since cars park on the sidewalk. We have some images of that. I'm not sure how you guys get around. You must be walking in the street um, to get past the parked cars. But um, there definitely need to be some street closures for um, certain activities, large deliveries, uh, concrete pours, and um, we would definitely sign those. We'd be working with Vincent Chen. I actually have a call in to him to be talking to him about this, this uh, specifics of the project. It's uh, fortunate that we have pretty good, easy detours around um, these areas. The roads would be closed to, um, you know, through traffic, but local traffic could get through, so everyone could still get to their house. And certainly we will give you notice um, we're, since we are the contractor or whoever the contractor is, this will be a condition of approval. So I'm all uh, for that and for safety of everybody around, including our crews. Um, I definitely am aware of the recycle. We would not want to be corning, we would not schedule concrete pours or road closures on the days or the times when the recycle and you know, trash guys are coming. So that's a, a for sure thing. Stairs, driveways, entrances. Um, uh, you know, there will be uh, contact information. Um, we, and I think most contractors, you know, who do this kind of work are good at um, communicating with neighbors. And so we're all over that. Um, so let's see, then we had a question, another question about demolition and debris. Um, this has been covered, I think, in some of the other um, hearings where um, the city does have strict regulations and we definitely plan on uh, following those to reduce any kind of uh, airborne or any other kind of um, toxic that uh, spreading um, from our job site. The demolition is a fairly contained um, um, uh, uh, process. I've had my demolition contractor up there today. We talked through how it would be done safely. We, um, we do plan on uh, taking the roof off the garage so we can use that as a truck loading area um, early on. Um, let's see. Um, and so we can be, we're happy to, well, there's best management practices also for um, that are required to be followed, which handle erosion uh, during construction, um, uncovered piles of you know, material, uh, dirt are not allowed. So um, that will be handled, it already is in our conditions. Um, Ren, um, unfortunately we didn't get to meet each other, but we communicated about um, the information. Uh, um, you know, the, the concern about information, um, you had the information very early on, um, the only change, the information flow changed because we made a, a quick change in response to an uphill, one of your other neighbors uphill view uh, concern. And that um, change actually improved, um, reduced some of the shadow on your place. Didn't change anything about front privacy. So um, all of the information has been there. Uh, anything that changed recently was just as a minor change to the roof. Um, and uh, as far as the, um, the shared pergola, you know, we'd love to hear what your um, uh, plans are for the pergola. We could um, brace it. Um, it can stay just like it is. We can take it down, um, we could reinstall it, whatever you want. And Aiden would have to agree on that too. It's, it's interesting, there's no fence in between the homes and we would wanna put up a temporary construction fence between the homes on either side, um, which probably could go under the pergola, but I think it might be up to the two of you to decide if you wanna put a fence there in this portion of the lot that is not fenced. Um, and uh, you also had concerns about the traffic control plan, which we will definitely be um, having to run by the city. Um, okay, uh, let's see, I think, 
let's see. Um, that we there was a Catherine who I don't think was able to speak, but um, I think I've caught everything. Um, but if not, uh, we'll we'll catch it on the next next round here. Okay. Well, I really uh, want to thank you, Maurice, for specifically addressing uh, concerns of neighbors. That's something we don't hear a lot, and I think it's the courteous and appropriate thing to do. Um, Igor, I see your hand is up. Yeah, thank you so much. I just wanted to, I also saw that there was a concern around privacy by Professor Ing and wanted to uh, see how you might address that as well. Thank you, and I'm sorry for not uh, catching that one. That's the big one right now. And we have proposed um, a few different options. I'm not sure if that's something that Russell or any of you guys have in your packet. I think you do have it in your packet. Um, there is, um, th this is a very common, um, you know, we're on the west facing, um, uh, we have a significant view in front of us. And uh, I think there are a lot of homes on the street enjoy a deck in the front, which is uh, um, a primary view. Um, and the, some of the decks do go from side to side as ours does, and as does Ren's. Um, and so um, a screen may be the best way to do this. We're fine with uh, either a, you know, a privacy glass uh, planted screen um, or a, um, a uh, fixed wall screen. So we're very happy to work with Ren. Um, we had it scheduled to go up and talk about this, but um, we couldn't um, follow through with that. But however, um, uh, you guys want to handle that. We're open to that. It's just one uh, end, the north end of our railing is that where this privacy screen would take care of the issue. Thank you. Uh, any other questions uh, for the applicant? Um, uh, Cecilia. No, I have up later. Sorry. Thank you. Okay. Uh, in that case, we'll um, close the public hearing and bring it back to the commission. Uh, and I would uh, tender a motion or a discussion of uh, any items you may wish to, to bring to our attention. <clears throat> uh, Cecilia. Thank you, yeah. Um, I, so um, I was wondering if the, there's a new legislation going to council um, this Tuesday, um, the citywide affordable housing requirements. Um, that will change uh, uh, how much uh, people would have to pay into affordable housing from per unit to square foot. And I'm wondering if this will apply to this, if this would apply to this project, um, if we were to approve it after this is passed. Um, it has, a, I do. Um, well, I don't have an answer, <laughs> um, though. Um, we don't know yet what sort of um, like what the point will be with the city council um, for like when the new regulations would apply. So if it would, um, if they would apply at building, per, you know, based on your building permit date or based on your entitlement date. Um, so that's not clear yet because it hasn't been adopted. Okay, thank you. Um, I um, would be interested in. Uh, postponing this decision until after um, that is decided because I am inclined for this project to um, uh, uh, pay into affordable housing requirements by square foot rather than by unit. Thank you. Um, 
I think, uh, based on my experience, uh, Cecilia, postponing uh, the decision wouldn't assure that. Uh, it's it's not it's never been the case that any legislation has been tied to the date of our approval relative to fees, but rather to the time of the application uh, for either, as Samantha said, when they actually applied for this use permit, in which case there's nothing we could do that can change it, or when they apply for the building permit, in which case they would be covered by uh, the new ordinance if that were the, uh, the date that it was tied to. It's usually tied to, tied to the date of application. So, so either way, our decision wouldn't affect whether or not it would affect no, Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Igor, are you at your hand up? Yeah, um, well, uh, and I, um, in truth, have yet to review uh, the substance of the item on Tuesday, but my understanding right now is that the affordable housing mitigation fee would only apply to projects of four units or more. Um, and so I think the spirit of this, even if there was a change to square footage, um, I would be hard pressed to imagine that single family homes uh, would uh, be in the applicability zone for this. They might be actually from what I've read of the report, but but as I said, it would be at a, either a future date or a past date, in, in which case our vote doesn't affect it. Um, I want to say a few uh, comments about Maurice's offers. Um, I think it's important that those offers are uh, recorded as conditions of, of uh, any approval we may, we may consider tonight. And I have a thought about how we can enforce that. Um, first item, uh, the it sounds like the transportation concerns of the neighbors are thoroughly valid. This is, Marcy's acknowledged a very narrow road and difficult to use. Um, I think Ren asked that there be a transportation uh, construction plan. We, that's what we call it, a TCP. Maurice has developed these for all of his projects uh, that require such a plan uh, over the years and would be required to do so here. It is item, Ren, for your benefit, number 29. Uh, reported by Russell in the conditions of approval and does have to be submitted to Vincent Chen, the um, traffic engineer. Also, the uh, that construction plan, uh, uh, construction, uh, transportation construction plan, it can be reviewed, run by you and the other neighbors who have this concern, and the contact number is in the conditions that Russell uh, provided tonight. So, um, uh, I think, though, that we should, as a board, specifically take Maurice up on his offer and require that as one of the conditions of that plan, that he give 48-hour notice to the neighbors for any street closures he intends to do anyway by his own testimony. But we'll get that in writing to reassure the neighbors that that is going to happen. Um, the, and, that, and that there will be no closures on days when garbage is being picked up or recycling is being picked up as he promised. Uh, but that should be, of course, part of his transportation plan. I assume he intended to include that, uh, but we can make it a condition of approval to be sure it happens. Um, also, he, you offered Maurice to uh, discuss the pergola with Ren as well as discussing a privacy glass um, or other uh, screening system. 
for the north side of the deck. I think uh, this is a matter that should be resolved between neighbors. However, I would like to see Russell's involvement to see that it is handled in a fair and reasonable way. But I am happy to leave it to Russell's judgment that that is the case. Uh, he is trained in mediating matters such as this. So I would like to make a condition that Russell is submitted with a resolution to those two concerns of Renz uh, by the applicant for his review and approval. Make that a condition subject to our approval. That, that, that is a condition of his approval. It is a condition of our approval. Um, I think those, I think with those things, I could support a motion for approval of the project in all other regards. It conforms to uh, the standards uh, for this uh, district and for the community. So I'd love to uh, hear a motion for approval from um, a member of the commission. Do I have a motion? I'll help make a motion to approve. Thank you, conditions of approval that have been mentioned. Thank you. Um, and uh, Michael, I see your, is that a second? Um, that's a second, but I think somebody beat me to it. Well, I recognize you, so it looks like you get the second. Thank you, I, that's the second, thank you. Good, and, that, and I believe another uh, element of the motion, I'd like to include uh, Debbie with your and Michael's permission, is that Maurice will be investigating bird safe glass as he offered uh, to do uh, or screening to assure the safety of, of the birds. Um, yes, you have your hand up. We are not voting yet. We're still discussing. Understood. Thanks. I just wanted to clarify. Um, isn't it that isn't the condition of approval number 29 already a transportation construction plan? So we don't need to add. Is that right? We, we don't have to, we're not requiring that they do a construction, uh, transportation construction plan that's already conditioned. I, I added some specific uh, components to that plan that we would like to see. The 48 hour notice, which might or might not have been part of that plan and the uh, restriction on closures during garbage days or recycling days. That, in other words, that would be part of his plan submitted to Vincent. Thank you. Okay, if there are no further questions or comments, maybe we can get a vote. Shoshana's about to drop here and uh, <laughs> of exhaustion. Um, and I'm, I'm sure she's not the only one. Um, and we still have another uh, item to hear tonight. Um, so uh, with your permission, I'd like to take a vote, Samantha. Okay, um, I'm gonna read back the conditions because I wanna make sure. Um, yeah, they're a little confusing, yeah. Um, one of them I'm going to have to write out kind of as I go. Um, so it's uh, to approve 469 Kentucky with the condition um, that the applicant will investigate investigate bird safe glass or other measures um, to provide 48 hour notice uh, to neighbors for road closures. No road closures on 48, the 48 hour. 48 hours. That was the request um, from the community. I think it's fair. Um, and then no closures on solid waste and recycling pickup days. And then um, 
to um, submit screening, um, privacy screening for um, review and approval. Um, and the pergola as well uh, to be submitted to Russell. Privacy screening and the pergola. I'm going to say uh, review and approval as part of the building permit because just what if Russell's not here? I, I think I like that. Uh, the staff. The staff. staff. Staff approval. The yeah. assigned planner, of course, would be the. Yeah. Uh, and, of course and it will be Russell because he's never allowed to leave. So. Yeah, that's right. You're sticking around, okay. Russell. Okay. Um, okay. okay. Uh, board member Trigub. Aye. Duffy? Aye. Gaffney? Yes. Thompson? Yes. Luna Paro? Yes. Vice Chair O'Keefe? Yes. And I want to confirm what, well, I have everyone's attention. Uh, I'm going to be leaving after this vote. I'm so sorry. I'm just, I'm too tired. So, but yes is my vote. Chair Khan? Aye. And Sanderson? Yes. Okay, it passes unanimously and uh, we'll be moving forward with your project uh, subject to potential appeal. Um, that's, uh, that's it for 469 Kentucky. Thank you everybody for coming who spoke tonight on the, uh, on the item. We now have our last item. Thank you Shoshana for joining us and get a good night's sleep. We hope to join in Slumberland ourselves shortly here. Thanks, guys. Sorry, I gotta go. Bye. Okay, so our last item of the evening, 1752 Shattuck Avenue. Um, and who is our planner? All right, that's going to be um, Michael um, Roke, um, our consultant, and Sharon Gong. Very good. And then, um, yeah. Let's see, Sharon, I don't see Michael up yet. There he is. And then did we have one? Yeah, okay. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Good evening. I know it's a little height and height, so I'll I'll try to try to move this along as quickly as I possibly can here. Um, let me just share my screen, make sure everybody can see. I'll run through my presentation as quickly as I can. All right. Can everyone see my screen? Okay. Perfect. Good. Okay. Great. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, thank you again for. Uh, I'm Michael Roke. I'm a senior contract planner with Rencon Consultants, and I'm working as an actual extension of city staff on this project. Uh, the following project is located at 1752 Shattuck Avenue, and and is requesting the use permit to demolish an existing one-story commercial building and accessory structures and construct a new seven-story. 
excuse building utilizing state density bonus law. It's a quick look at the zoning map and the vicinity map. The uh, project site is located on the southwest corner of Francisco Street and Shattuck Avenue. It's located in the commercial corridor district and the surrounding area consists of a mix of actual commercial and healthy family development. Uh, directly immediately west of the actual project site is actually the Berkeley School of, of like Early Childhood Center. And then to the east and north of the actual project site is a mix of commercial and also healthy family development. And to the south of the, of the subject site is a mix of commercial, which is personal service and restaurant type uses. Once again, this project is requesting use permits to actually construct a new seven-story mixed-use building and consists of the following primary components. It's 68 dwelling units consisting of 11 studios, 29 two-bedrooms, 28 three-bedrooms for a total of 153 beds. It, it, is, it, is, it is also gonna be comprised of approximately 1,200 square feet of ground floor commercial space at the northwest corner of the actual site with access off of Shattuck Avenue. It's also it's, it's like also going to be providing seven very low income affordable spaces. It's gonna have a ground floor parking garage space for six vehicle parking spaces with access off of Francisco Street. It's gonna have also approximately 21, 100 square feet of usable open space, which will be provided on two separate roof deck areas on the on the seventh floor, which will be away from the street frontages. And then finally, the project is also gonna be providing some new street trees along Francisco Street and a tall screening hedge at the Western site boundary. Once again, uh, the applicant has requested a state density bonus under under un, under state density bonus law, and the project qualifies by by providing seven BLI units for a 50% bonus or 23 additional units, and these 23 units will be added to the base project for a total of 68. The applicant is also uh, requesting, pursuant to state density bonus law three concessions or, or is granted for three but based on the density bonus, uh, but is only utilizing two of those three, which are reducing the open space requirement and also reducing the long-term bicycle parking. They are also requesting waivers to exceed building height and FAR. As required, uh, the project did have to go to both LPC and DRC review. At the, at the LPC meeting on September 1st, the LPC took no action on the demo, on the demo question referral. And at the DRC meeting on September 15, 2022, the project received a favorable recommendation. Also pursuant to California Environmental Quality Act, the project was, was required to prepare like an ISMND. It went through the public review period uh, from September 1st to September 20th for a 20-day period. And also, subs and, then, and, then, and then subsequently, it went through the 
notice of intention was posted to the California State Clearinghouse for a 30 day re review period from November 21st to December 21st. Because uh, due uh, based on the common peer period, a total of 11 comments were actually received. Two of them were, were, were from the, the uh, same agency. And based on the comments that were received, there were no changes to the ISMND or the or the associated like MMRP. However, staff in consultation with their with the environmental consultant, they did they did prepare response comments to those uh, letters. <clears throat> Oops. And with that. Uh, staff is is recommending that this have adopt the ISMND and the associated MMRP and approve the following use permit. I'll be happy to answer any questions. And also um, on the call tonight is the environmental consultant who did prepare the ISMND. So if there's any questions related to to that, they will also be able to like answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Um, had a little difficulty with my mouse there. Um, <clears throat> thank you, uh, Michael, for the report. Um, is Isaiah uh, Stockhouse um, doing the presentation for the applicant tonight? Any questions first for Michael? Seeing none, is the uh, applicant prepared to join us? I think that would be. I think it's uh, Isaiah Stockhouse, yeah, or. JP Walsh is also one of the applicants as well. Um, David Trackenberg will be presenting tonight. Okay. I don't see, oh, there he is, very good. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I uh, need to let me share my screen, please. Taryn, can you make that happen? Yes. I'm moving him back over real quick. I think he's on as a panelist now. See if you can uh, share your screen, David. Yeah, okay. Let's share the screen. Um, just a second, please. Screen sharing failed. Okay. Hold on just a second here. Are you seeing my screen? Not yet. Really? Huh. Uh, just a second, then. I'm not sure why. Okay, let me try this another way. Okay, do you see it now? There it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Okay, uh, thank you for your time, everybody, tonight. Um, I appreciate you staying up late. So here we are. Okay, let me let me do the full screen version. Okay, I'll be quickly run you through this thing. 
So I'm David Trachtenberg with Trachtenberg Architects, and um, we are representing uh, panoramic interests tonight at uh, 1752 Shattuck Avenue. So as um, the planner uh, suggested or, or, or recapped, uh, our project includes 68 units. Uh, they're broken up into uh, uh, 11 studios, which is 16%. And 29 two bedrooms at 43%, and 28 three bedrooms at 41%. Um, uh, commercial space of 1,210 square feet, and open space of 2,100 uh, square feet. There's the site, uh, the, currently a gas station, as you can see in this view right here. Um, you've seen these in your packet, so this is just the context. Uh, quickly running through the floor plan, um, uh, main entrance off of Shattuck Avenue, uh, where we have uh, 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 resident lounge and leasing office and cafe or, or commercial space at the corner and um, automobile entry here to a six car parking structure. Um, uh, plans at levels two through six are a combination of, of studios two bedrooms and three bedrooms, uh, compact units. Um, we're a quarter of a mile from the campus and we see this very likely being attractive to graduate students and, and uh, perhaps uh, young professors. Uh, Point 11.7, let level seven with the roof deck on the east side, I'm sorry, on the west side of the, of the roof and the landscape plan, which we can discuss in further detail. There's a section of the building. So on these sites, we're often faced with this with the complex problem of, of being adjacent to other properties, very often residential, smaller scale residential properties. We, we do our best to scale these things back, um, but we also have to achieve uh, the program that we're given. Uh, in this case, this is a solution. So you'll see that the that the setbacks do have a, a, a quite a, a powerful impact in terms of shadows and so on. Here's the street view along uh, Francisco Street and the street view below along Shattuck Avenue. A close up showing the, the palette of materials. We've broken up the mass uh, into sort of three major pieces along this facade, which shows uh, a high quality rain screen, parklex wood screen on, on this um, uh, northernmost side and uh, uh, integral color stucco on the other two elements. Um, ground floor uh, entry and retail, as you can see. Francisco's side as well. And the west elevation facing of Berkeley Montessori School. And the south elevation. Um, here's the view from Shattuck looking northwest and from the southwest. So you can see how we've tried to sort of break down this scale. I think we've, we've done that quite successfully. Uh, I'd point out that there's some changes since the DRC hearing. Um, this is DRC hearing on the left and what we proposed now today on the right. And it's based largely on recommendations from the DRC, which are as follows. We've broken up the apparent mass by introducing a third color on the east elevation. We simplified the window pattern at the bedrooms. You can see these are, these are the windows for the bedrooms and now they're just a lot simpler. Revise the living rooms, which are these double the double wide windows to read as a single six story sort of column instead of two story pieces 
And we've increased the thickness of the, of the band here between floors one and two, which was another recommendation uh, of the DRC. Shadow studies. Uh, uh, let's move this you up. have one minute left. Okay, well, 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 we'll go back to shadow studies if people have questions about them, how about that? Okay, and down, and um, an existing view here and uh, proposed view and another existing view from the other direction and proposed view and from Francisco Street the proposed view and another view of Francisco and just some detailed views of the building here's the entry piece with the retail in the corner to the right and a view along the sidewalk uh, we've tried to take good care in, in making a really we think a beautiful building and something that's going to be to really really give a nice place for pedestrians and and passers-by here's a corner view and same view at night so thank you look forward to your questions Thank you for the presentation, David. Um, any questions for the architect? Seeing none, I'm going to open it to the public. And once again, uh, I would ask that everybody who wishes to speak on this, let me know in advance so I can get a speaker list Send me a speaker list and be sure that everyone's provided that opportunity. I see Kelly, Daniel, Nico, Elise, and Ashley. There's the five people that will speak uh, on this uh, subject tonight, unless someone else raises their hand now, Doug. Okay. Uh, very good. So um, we'll start with Kelly. You're at the top of the list, and you're up. Um, thank you. Uh, David, you get the prize tonight for having the fewest native plants in your landscape plan. Um, and I, I would ask staff, since, you know, I attend your meetings regularly. I'm going to bring this up every time that we should just ask the developers to name which plants are California natives and start looking at having a standard of a minimum of 70%. And with this particular, David, with you, this is consistent that we see so many non-native plants. And I would really hope that in the future that you would correct it on this plan and that in the future we would see a greater effort. And I would suggest that you start using calscape.org. It's very easy and start picking plants that are native to our area and they will survive better with less care. 
Um, I'd ask that you consider um, bird safe glass, make sure that you have all down lighting, um, respecting dark skies. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of disappointing since you do a lot of building in Berkeley. And I really, it, it's just disappointing to see this time after time. And I would also suggest I will send uh, this to you. I'm gonna, I found your email um, for Douglas Talamay. He spoke at the Golden Gate Audubon this week. Uh, that will be recorded. And I would suggest you pick up his book and watch uh, some of the videos. And then that might change your mind about the importance of bird safe glass and bird safe features and native plants. So those are my comments. Thank you. Uh, next we have Daniel Silver. Hi there, can you hear me? Yes. Great, I'm Daniel Silver. I live at 1725 Shattuck Avenue uh, across the street from the proposed development at 1752. And I've been living here for over 20 years. Uh, I'm concerned about the project for a number of reasons. One is that I think this is a very high risk site. I don't think any organization has properly analyzed the soil or groundwater since 1994. I mean, as you know, the site was a gas station from 1933 until the early 80s. After that, it was an auto repair shop and until very recently. The site had three underground storage tanks for gas, one for oil, which does create a risk of pollution and contamination for site dwellers. It does not appear uh, that there has been any physical examination of the site's soil or groundwater since 1994. And even in that case, it's unclear what was actually done in 1994. Now, as stated in paragraph 1.4 of the phase one ESA conducted in September 2021, AC environmental consultants made no attempt to actually inspect the soil, water, or soil vapor of the property. Since the site is essentially paved and has been used as a place of car repair, oil change, and nearly continuously, I think the city of Berkeley should really conduct a proper analysis of the underground soil and groundwater for contaminants, which would require actually getting under the pavement to the areas where the USTs were. I know there has been a phase two uh, analysis, but it was only for soil vapor and it was only for dry cleaning chemicals. Again, I do not believe that anything was done about soil or water analysis. Um, I also do believe that the project is unnaturally tall, seven stories. There's no property nearby here that is anywhere near as high. It's twice the height of my building, and it will plunge my building in darkness as well as the preschool. The, finally, the bicycle parking situation is laughable. There will only be 18 bike parking locations for a place with 68 units and 153 be bedrooms and no residential parking permits. We probably have 18 bikes in our garage and we only have a third as many units and a third as many bedrooms. This is a pretty high crime area. Where is everybody gonna put their bikes? I do believe that they should, the waiver should be denied. Thank you. Thank you, um, Daniel. Uh, next we have Nico. Uh, hello, hello. Hi, sorry about that. Appreciate it. Um, hi, uh, I'll be quick tonight. Thank you all for taking the time, um, staying up so late. Um, my name is Nico Nagel, speaking on behalf of the Housing Action Coalition. Um, speaking briefly, just to uh, give support for the project. Um, 
full disclosure, the Housing Action Coalition has not reviewed the project in uh, our standard way, um, but I, I can speak generally to this type of housing tonight. Um, Number one, I think, you know, the, the idea that this is a product type that is not in the area is a feature, um, not uh, something that will plunge homes into darkness with shade. Um, we are in the midst of a housing crisis, and one of the, the absolute necessities is to build uh, a lot of housing to... <laughs> Um, to help stabilize that problem um, in the medium and long term. And so projects like these are how we get there. Um, I, I'm just going to make a quick comment um, on the environmental uh, issue that was brought up before. My understanding is, you know, that is, that is not the only analysis phase one and phase two that is done. Um, and there is planning that is done uh, with the city, the county, and state enforcement agencies down the line to ensure that uh, any problems, one, that problems are studied, um, if there's a history of uh, environmental concerns on the site, and two, that there are contingency plans that are fairly routine that come up um, in terms of how to deal with problems that come up during construction. So, um, you know, the information that, that we have at this time may not be the full scope of information. And so um, I, I don't foresee that being as big of a concern as, as is being brought up right now. Thank you. Thank you, Nico. Um, next, we have Elise Kuski and then Ashley. Elise, uh, you are, as soon as I can get my mouse work recognized. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I know it's late for everyone, so uh, hopefully we're all still awake and hopefully I'll make some sense here, um, but I appreciate your time. Um, there are a couple items I wanted to review. I am a neighbor over on the Walnut um, Street side, um, but directly across from the Francisco. So um, obviously the size of the building and scope is of um, significant concern. One thing I first wanted to mention uh, maybe more a little procedural, just is that if you could make note um, in your um, staff report, page 13 of the 23, under commun uh, point four, community discussion, there's a point A, talks about neighborhood slash community concerns. And I believe there's erroneous information that is reported here. Um, it, it says that on November 22nd, 2022, the city mailed public hearing notices, blah, blah, blah. And it goes down to, um, at the time of writing this report, staff has not received public communications regarding the project. Um, so I know myself and numerous neighbors have sent in communications. So I, I think this is very misleading to say that here. And for those of you in, on the zoning board reading, if you don't read any further than this, you know, it, it is very misleading. So I, I, I want to make put that on there for the record that the, the staff report needs to be amended with um, pertinent information. Um, the second point is just going down to the building itself relative to the um, height issues. Um, as you can see, um, that seven 
story building amongst a block on the side it's on of one to two stories and on them this and then on the um east side 20 of the block, seconds left elise on the east side of the block it's goes up to um you know four to five stories i really believe this is out of character for the neighborhood uh and it's going to be a significant impact um, and would like to see the building limited to the five stories the last point um, oh, also relative you to that. Wrap, you're, you're out of time, Louise. If you could just wrap up, please. Okay, so just the other point is 1650 Shattuck Avenue, right next to uh, City Council Member Kate Harrison's uh, street and residence. We have a four-story building that is um, recommended. And so it really feels like that is much more in character with the building of the block. And this one is out. And then the last thing is relative to social. Uh, I, can, I cut you off. Everyone gets two minutes and that's you're you're going way over. So thank you so much. Um, so Ashley, you're uh, recognized. Thank you, everyone. I know it's very late. I'll keep this very brief because I'm probably repeating what other folks have said. But I'm, my name is Ashley Jaffer Yildiz. I'm a resident of 2026 Francisco, just a few doors down from the proposed site. Uh, my husband and I have three small children. We have a number of concerns about this project. Um, two of them, which I would highlight, is just the lack of parking. You know, 153 bedrooms with only six parking spaces is just a major concern and makes absolutely no sense. Our street already has major parking issues due to, you know, nearby businesses, the preschool next door. People are consistently blocking our driveway. It's incredibly difficult to find a parking place on our street, and this is going to make it very bad. So really concerned about that. And then also similar to what other folks have said, um, I'm, we're concerned about the project height. So a seven story building, um, you know, over 80 feet just feels excessively tall for our neighborhood. Um, no nearby properties north of Hearst um, have buildings anywhere near that high. And the building has a very industrial feel. I think it's going to, you know, limit the sunshine for the preschool next door and really just going to bring, um, I feel it's going to ruin our quaint, peaceful neighborhood. I would definitely recommend more of a four-story building if possible. Um, you know, the families in our neighborhood have lived here for decades, and I just think it will be detrimental to our way of life. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. Um, and Doug has reappeared. So you will speak, Doug, if you wish. Yes, please. Um, yeah, there's a couple things I'd like to talk about. The first is I think we're coming to this much too quickly. There's um, some issues that were not addressed, public comments that have been raised about the environmental issues that were not addressed in the comments in the report. Um, the groundwater contamination is really a big issue, as was previously said. The toxic contamination, and even though the initial MND said the nearest school is UC Berkeley, in fact, the preschool is right next door, and there's potentially some significant toxic contamination that will be raised because of this uh, uprooting of the site of, of the gas station that has been there for almost 100 years. Um, the as other the as other people have mentioned, the parking issue is a really big, going to be a exacerbating problem for the neighborhood. The trap there'll be further impact on traffic, um, with deliveries and services there. The plan for the bicycle is absurd, absolutely absurd. If the idea is to not have parking spaces, it's not then there's not enough bicycle parking either. Um. And so in aggregate, the between 
these issues and and then with the ups- the height of the building i mean i'm completely as as my neighbors are um i live on francisco street are in favor of affordable housing um this the height of this building is completely out of character with the space you can see that very clearly in the very first picture david showed where it's just wildly taller than anything next to it so it just does not fit in not appropriate to the space um it's more than 50 percent additional height to the building even though it only gets a 50 percent bonus um over the over the amount so uh environmental issues have not been considered on top of that, parking is a problem, bicycle plan is absurd, and the height is completely out of character and inappropriate for the space. Okay, well, thank, thank you. you, Doug. I'm glad you got a chance to speak. Um, that's it for the public comment. Um, and uh, everyone that raised their hand and was listed has spoken. Um, I'd like to bring it back to the applicant to uh, give you an opportunity to address uh, concerns voiced by um, members of the community. And you have three minutes. Sorry, uh, we have three minutes to respond? Yes. Okay, so I'll do my best. Uh, First off with Kelly. uh, native plants, totally agree with you. We need uh, more native, native plants. I, I disagree with you. I have to say, Kelly, that this is a pattern for us. Uh, I don't think that's the case. Um, we will certainly change the palette uh, with our landscape architect to native plants. Bird safe glass. Uh, the ordinance is very, uh, if, there is in a, if there's even an ordinance, we're not really clear yet, um, but we'll do whatever the ordinance says. Our, our, our sense of it, and it's vague uh, from what the city has on the website, is that buildings with more than 50% uh, glazing need uh, bird safe glass. Ours does not have that. Of course, our, all of our lighting is down lighting. We're quite familiar with the, with the night sky issues. Doug Talamay, I have his book. I'm, I'm quite familiar with him. Uh, Daniel's questions. Uh, groundwater, I'm going to defer to our client who's going to address that question better than I can. Um, uh, a lease um, uh, out of scale, out of character. Um, I, I can't. I, I, you know, I'm sensitive to the fact that these are these are large buildings. I'm, I, I, I hear you about this, um, uh, but you know, this is what we're charged with doing now. This is this is coming down from the state of California is trying to address a dire need, and this is this is how the state of California and architects and developers and planners are dealing with this question. Um, Doug Halpern uh, raises a question of, of uh, toxic issues. Again, I'm going to defer to our client here and uh, let uh, JP Walsh address that last question. If you can, if you can promote JP, please. Thank you. Uh, thank you for those uh, comments, David, and uh, I will call JP if I can find him over here. Don't see him. Hmm. Oh, there. There's a Danielle Walsh. Um, hmm. I know he's there somewhere. Is he Danielle's computer? Danielle's raising their hand if you want to at least check. Must, must okay, Danielle, call on Danielle, please. 
I have a question. Do I reset the time for him or just let him have the remainder of the time that we have left? Um, I want, you know, I want, if there are responses to the neighbor's concerns, I want the neighbors to hear them. Um, but uh, it should be part of the same uh, time, which I've also got uh, going here. Okay. So I may extend the time if we need it to be sure that the neighbor's concerns are addressed. Um, so yes, Danielle, you are recognized, but you're just muted yourself. Good afternoon, everyone. Yeah, I assume this is not Danielle. This is not Danielle, but Danielle has borrowed my computer from time to time. So that's what happens. But uh, thank you all for your time today. And I really appreciate the board's comments. And Could you identify yourself, please, sir? Uh, this is uh, JP Walsh here at Panoramic in Interest. We are the project sponsor of 1752 Shattuck Avenue. Thank you, JT. So I would like to thank everyone for your comments and I, I think it'd be helpful to provide a summary of some of the environmental concerns, especially the groundwater contaminants that we are aware of. Um, there, we have found traces of PCE on the site, which is a chemical associated with the dry cleaning industry. There is no known on-site source of this chemical. Based on historical and recent investigations, it appears that the PCE is coming from an off-source, off-site source. A former dry cleaner was located across the street on Francisco Street, and there is another dry cleaner two blocks to the north. To the north. Um, as pointed out earlier, Shell did remove some underground storage tanks in the properties uh, on the property in the late 80s, early 90s. This work was supervised by the Water Board, and they issued a no further action letter in 1994. Um, we will also engage with a lot of regulatory oversight agencies on this project, whether it be DTSC, the Water Board, Alameda County. This will ensure the development and construction proceeds safely and to ensure the protection of human health and the environment. Um, you know, in addition, we, we do have a mitigation monitoring and reporting program, and we have submitted our phase one and phase two to the toxic management division of Berkeley. Uh, during construction, we have our COAs, our conditions of approval for a soil management plan, stormwater management plan, dust control plan. So we will be following all regulations with the site, with the, the close oversight of several agencies. Great. Thank you for that, JT. Um, any questions uh, from this mission for uh, David or JT regarding? Concerns you may have as commissioners or unanswered concerns of the constituency. Uh, Igor. Uh, thank you. Um, so I just wanted, actually, I learned something new today um, in going through this. I didn't realize that there were minimum uh, parking requirements for bicycles. I'm, I'm glad that there are now. Um, I was curious. Um, you know, how you came up with the number 18 for bicycles and hearing uh, concerns from members of the public requesting that uh, or wishing there would be more uh, bicycle spaces, um, which, you know, are 
are perhaps the units themselves can accommodate bicycles, but um, if you could please address that. Uh, sure, David, I will um, take a shot at this question. Thank you, Igor. Uh, this is based on experience, Igor, in our other properties in Berkeley. Um, you know, for example, 2539 Telegraph, we have over 200 bike parking spaces and approximately eight to 9% of them are used at a maximum. Given the close proximity to campus, uh, most students who will be tenants of the property will be, you know, walking on foot, um, taking Ubers uh, to other locations, or, you know, it's a half a mile from the BART, and this is in a transit-rich, high-resource area. Uh, so the amount of bike parking that our uh, tenants will utilize is minimal, as we've seen with our other properties. Thank you, JT, for the response. Um, other questions or comments from the commissioners? Uh, Igor? I actually, this is just, um, I would, you know, a request to staff, or maybe this is just, uh, you know, should this be approved? Um, I know that I couldn't find a condition that we have added in another project tonight around um, minimum bicycle parking. Um, so I or someone else might be requesting that heads up. Um, also, um, on page two of findings and conditions, there is a reference to condition 64 for uh, the base project. And I believe it actually ties into condition 28 and 29. Thank you. Um, would you mind saying that one more time for me, just so I can look that up while you guys continue? Yeah, bottom of page two, findings and conditions, uh, Roman numeral two, number one, letter B, um, as more fully set forth in condition 64, I believe this should be condition 28 and or 29. Thank you, I'll look into that. Uh, Cecilia. Thank you, yeah. Um, I was wondering about the reasoning for having this building be mixed use rather than using the first floor for housing as well. I can speak to that. Um, it's very difficult to have uh, you know, good dwelling units on the first floor when you aren't able to raise them much above grade. So um, that's that's the primary reason why we don't uh, do that. And we also felt that uh, if we if we if we did, um, I don't think even I don't think residents is even allowed on the ground floor in this zone. Uh, sometimes we've done um, uh, live work on the ground floor, uh, but I don't think that would all be allowed either. We just feel that in general, a small cafe or a small retail space is something that um, will enliven the sidewalk in the neighborhood. I have kind of a follow-up question. Uh, we're we're not used to seeing any parking spaces. I know there was a lot. There was some concern in the right. voiced by the community about um, the, the lack of parking. This is actually more than. Uh, lately, this commission has seen, and I, I was curious, just, no, I have no object, I'm just curious as to why the difference. Um, I mean, I think your client's projects typically have no parking at all. Yeah, very often, especially so close to downtown, most of our projects don't have any parking at all. Um, but this is, um, 
you know, um, a leasing driven decision, I think that there needs to be some small amount of parking uh, to in order to attract uh, to fill up the building. And um, I would add to that, David, it, it's helpful too for the commercial space on the corner to have a bit of parking for that operating business. Uh, we've been in touch with the North Shattuck Business Association and, you know, uh, there, there is no members of, of that group on this call tonight, but I know they're supportive of the project and uh, parking for a commercial tenant in the future would be helpful. Well, I, I, I would, I, I would like small cold comfort, I'm sure, for the neighbors who have concerns about parking. But I would like to note that that is unusual in the projects we're seeing today to see uh, the, even six uh, parking spaces. Uh, Igor, you have your, your hand up. Yeah, and uh, sorry to piggyback off of that. Um, I was curious. Um, I mean, I, I saw that there was a. Uh, transportation demand management program uh, included in the conditions, and that's great. Uh, have you considered um, allocating one of the parking spaces to uh, a gig car or other ride share program? Um, also, and this could have just been my oversight. Um, I could not offhand find a condition since you are going to have parking for. Uh, EV ready uh, parking or charging infrastructure. And maybe that, that second question is more for staff. And if it's not in there, we should probably add it. Absolutely. Yeah, all, all the new all the new buildings which have parking have uh, some percentage which are EV ready, as you're familiar. Uh, in terms of gig car share, they won't park in a private garage. Uh, their whole model is that they're placing cars in the community and you find them with your phone app. So there's really no utility in, in, in using a space for a gig car. That's been my experience as well, Igor. Um, thank you uh, for the question. Thanks for the, the comments. Um, I have a couple of comments for the, the community that came out to, to speak tonight. Um, just speaking at a, at a personal level, I, I agree that seven stories is currently out of scale with uh, the build, the neighborhood is built. Um, I think this is the direction of the future for projects on Shattuck. And it is, as the architect mentioned, essentially mandated by the state. We, uh, are, we have been stripped of our power to deny projects of this type that are meeting the regulatory uh, limits imposed by our code, if they meet those limits, uh, they're, they're protected under the Housing Accountability Act. We can't deny the project. If they, in addition, provide uh, very low income units, and I think uh, seven, uh, how many? Seven very low income units are being provided. We're also obligated through the state density bonus law to prove the additional height, which is why uh, it's going up. It, essentially, we have to provide with more market rate units to help pay for those very low income units, which are a burden, a significant financial burden on the project. So um, I'm delighted to have more housing. I'm delighted to uh, participate in uh, a small effort to address our state's housing crisis, it is through the accumulated small efforts such as this that we might 
build our way out of the ridiculous rents that people have to pay for housing um, and, uh, and get some people off the streets uh, eventually. So, but we don't have a choice anyway. So we have to approve the project despite the size. I also uh, am concerned, JT, that, that you might have a bike parking, a little bike parking problem being a half a mile from uh, BART, that uh, there may be greater demand on the part of your uh, residents for, for more parking, but you are entitled, again, through the state density bonus law to reduce from the 51, which otherwise would be required, to 18 as a cost-saving measure. And we cannot refuse you. So if you think that's the number that you need, we have to approve it. We don't get to have a choice. We can offer our opinions, but <laughs> we, can't, we can't say no. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote uh, tonight for the project and um, as, as submitted, uh, speaking as a member of the design review, Committee, I very much appreciate the modifications, uh, David, that you've made. I think it's a handsomer building, uh, particularly on Shattuck, with the, the, the tripartite uh, French flag kind of uh, you know look. Um, so uh, I would entertain a motion unless uh, we have more uh, to hear from this commission. Do I have a motion? Uh, yes. Um, I would like to make a motion to adopt the ISMND and the MMRP, as well as approve the project as proposed. Thank you. Yes. Do I have a second? Igor, your hand is up. Yeah, I, I will second if uh, you are amenable to adding uh, a few cleanup <laughs> measures. Um, I, I think the one uh, just, I only mention it because it's uh, in the findings. Um, so it's uh, kind of sacrosanct, but uh, replacing condition 64 with whatever the reference correct condition is, I think it's 28 or 29 on page two. Um, and then to the extent that this is not already included, adding uh, EV charging uh, infrastructure standard condition, uh, adding um, a condition uh, of a minimum of 18 uh, bike spaces in the project and uh, with a Port Kelly strong recommendation to increase um, the palette of native plants and consider uh, the use of part safe class. Uh, before we take a vote, um, uh, yes, are those uh, uh, amendments yes. to your- Thank you, Igor. I, I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, David, you did indicate that you would be willing to consider an increase in the percent of uh, natives. Do you have a specific number in mind? Uh, I don't have any number in mind. Uh, we're totally uh, uh, in agreement about the, uh, about the native plant. So you know, whatever the commission in their wisdom thinks is appropriate. 70% is a number that Kelly uh, mentioned in her testimony. Is that something that would be acceptable to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. One thing I would say uh, about that, um, Charles, is part of the consideration for the planting was um, screening for some of our neighbors. So uh, mm -hmm. I think we would absolutely try and maximize the number of uh, 
native plants in the project, but we're also trying to uh, be good neighbors. Uh, with the I would, I would, I, I, I appreciate that point, JT, and I'd like to make a friendly amendment to uh, your uh, proposal, yes, and Igor, that we raise the percentage of plants to 70%, but exclude the screening elements uh, from that requirement if uh, there are better and more effective plants to do that job. Good call. Yes, I'm amenable to that. Um, Beautiful. And again, just, I mean, I, I too really appreciate the neighbors um, coming out and just, you know, want to echo um, Chair Khan's comments. Um, you know, uh, state law really limits the discretion of um, the Zoning Adjustments Board and, frankly, planning commissions um, across the state. And one may may make normative, um, uh, you know, value statements about um, whether that is good or bad. But we are a quasi-judicial body, um, and it is actually not up to us as a body to make those types of value statements. Um, our role is to um, we must approve things that we are required to approve, and we do have some discretion over. Uh, uh, certain other elements, and um, we did our best, I think, to listen to the neighbors and exercise the discretion where we could. Thank you, Igor. Well said. Um, so I'd like to, with that, uh, if there are no further amendments to the motion, call a vote. Samantha. Um, I have a clarifying question before we vote. Um, yes. There was an addition of a condition for um, EV vehicles, um, but that is included as condition number 35. Oh, did I, I just? It? I apologize. Okay. I was worried that we missed it. <laughs> it's, it's there. It's there. Okay. Um, I take that back. Sorry. That's okay. Thank you. I'm, it's really nice to know that someone reads like every word of our reports because people work very hard on them. So that's good. Okay, um, so this is to for 1752 Shattuck to adopt the ISM, ISMMD and the uh, mitigation monitoring report pro reporting program um, to fix the reference on page two of the findings to the correct um, conditions, reference to correct conditions, um, add the bike parking standard condition with the minimum number. Um, and then to increase the number of native plants to 70%, excluding screening. Did I get everything? Okay. Everything I had, yes. Okay. Trigu? Aye. Duffy? Aye. Gaffney? Yes. Thompson? Yes. Lunapara? Yes. Uh, Vice Chair Keith is not here. Chair Khan? Aye. And Sanderson? Yes. Ayes and yeses have it. Okay, so we have a unanimous approval uh, for this use permit. And I don't know if that concludes our work tonight. I haven't looked at the. Do we have any uh, reports that we need to? To do subcommittee reports, design review committee. Um, 
no real report there. Uh, Jim, do you have anything? No. Uh, staff communications. Uh, no. Staff communications. There's something about Cherry Street. Oh, um, the Cherry Street, um, 2830 Cherry Street was an appeal, an AUP appeal. Um, it was mm -hmm. on the draft agenda, but not on the final agenda. Um, that was withdrawn by the appellant. Okay. Um, so I just wanted uh, to make note of that. Before we close out, what uh, kind of hearing do we have to look forward to in February, Samantha? Are we going to have a big docket like this one, or is it going to be more more reduced? What do you anticipate? Um, we have, I shoot, I should, I had my thing open. It's very slow to open. Um, I believe we have four or five items. Okay. And then um, Debbie had a question, which I share about, is there a date certain yet? Uh, when we'll be returning to in-person uh, meetings and we can bring coffee for each other and yes um, snacks. Uh, it's, expected <laughs> that, it's expected that governor uh, governor newsom will lift um, the emergency order on march 1st effective march 1st um which means a return to in-person uh, boards and commissions so our first in-person meeting um would be March 9th, uh, unless right. the and emergency order is extended. Okay, so uh, what would you advise that we plan on coming on the 9th unless we hear otherwise? Yes. And that, um, and that will be at our at the old school uh, facility? At the, the yes, at the West boardroom. Mm -hmm. okay. At the, uh, the USD boardroom. Um, and we'll get directions for those members of the commission who've never been yeah, there. Yeah, we'll definitely um, reach out. I think um, you may have said this last time, you know, we're really fortunate to have that great space. Um, it's a lovely space. To meet in. Um, and it looks like there's a there's a good chance we're going to have hybrid um, capabilities uh, for mm. the public. Okay. Um, we all still have to be there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I so like, that I like the yeah, I do too. Hybrid gonna... public capability means that people can join you otherwise might not be able to get there. Yes. Great. So that um we're gonna do a we're gonna do a practice <laughs> later this month. Yeah. Um yeah, good luck. Really hoping I it's tough. Yeah, really, really hoping um that we can pull that off. Um that's our goal. Well, in that case, I'll see you all for what may be our last uh Zoom. Uh, meeting. Uh, we have the, the 23rd. February 9th and the 23rd. Oh, the 9th and the 23rd. Okay, our last two meetings. Yeah. Um, two meetings. And we will be voting for a new chair at which of those meetings? February 23rd. All right. Very good. So there will be more information about chair. that on the upcoming on the upcoming agenda. Um, we'll provide the historic um, the historic information about who's held the chair and the vice chair and. Um, so you'll have the you'll have time in between meetings um, to to have that information. Great. Okie dokie. Well, thank you so much. Okay. We'll all right. All. Oh, we have to vote to adjourn. Oh, uh, I'm I so move. I need a second. Second. Thank you, Debbie. Um, we have a motion. We have a second. Okay. All in favor say aye. I know you got to take a voice. <laughs> Board member Trigu. Aye. Duffy? Aye. Daphne? 
Yes. Thompson? Yes. Luna Para? Yes. Vice Chair O'Keefe is not here. Uh, Chair Kong? And Sanderson? Yes. Great. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy Thank the rest you. of your night. Thanks, guys. Good night. For Good night. Thank Thanks, you. everybody. Good night. Bye. Good night.